based on a video game, Blood Rain is a gory action film that's astonishingly bad. (laughs) 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 That's the description (laughs) of the film. Trevor, and welcome to Catching Up on Cinema. If you aren't familiar with the program, Catching Up on Cinema is a film analysis podcast wherein we introduce each other to films, expand our cinematic horizons, and in essence, catch up on our cinema. So it is the month of April 2022, and we are at the finale of our event month, The Awful Aughts, uh, wherein we've been exploring the most wretched of films to come out of the decade of the 2000s. Uh, and in joining me in this endeavor, though, I have two very special guests, uh, friends of the show, Harrison and Jordan from the Grief Burrito podcast. How's it going, guys? Hello. So damn good. Ahoy! <laughs> so damn good. <laughs> so damn good. I mean, wretched, putrid, that is this film wrapped up. Vapid. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Shit. Shit. Jordan messaged me just uh, about half an hour before we started and was like, are you ready to talk about this shit film? And I was like, yes. (laughs) Yes, I am. I'm glad you got my inflection through text as well. Oh, shit. Shit. It was powerful. It was a powerful inflection. So it's been a really long time since we've had you guys on the show. Uh, mm-hmm. Something I'd like to correct in the future because I love chatting with both of you and I really enjoy your show. But um, would you care to let the folks at home uh, know what what Grief Burrito is all about and what you guys have been up to? Yeah, man. I mean, I think Jordan should take this thing as he's the one who invited the BBC on and they said yes. <laughs> I, okay, yes. So Grief Burrito, I'm not set up for this at all is a video game movie and entertainment podcast where we talk about video games, movies, and are trying to be entertaining. (laughs) Hey! Uh, And, yeah, we we just do that, and sometimes do a little bit of spooky stuff on the side. Mm -hmm. We've got some ghost hunts that we've done, which were pretty fun and terrifying. (laughs) Harrison, have you got anything more to add to this? Um, We talk about food as well sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes, yeah. Harrison loves bread. That's his his bread and butter. (laughs) To, to like, <laughs> very nice. <laughs> to anyone who's like just heard that first part, they'd probably be like, who the hell are these weird British guys that Trevor's got on <laughs> yeah. his professional sounding show? It, the, the episodes usually go quite well. They're usually a little more professional when we have everything set up. <laughs> and it's, yes, it's, it's a good, it's good fun. We've been doing it for a long time, haven't we, Jordan? So we, we know what we're doing by now. A long, long time, yes. Long, long time. <laughs> we're both vampires. Lead into the yeah. movie. <laughs> I feel like our shows have kind of grown parallel to each other mm. in a lot of ways. And it's it's been a lot of fun just like, you know, having the opportunity to check in with you guys and just, you know, schmooze with you every once in a while. So it's really awesome to have you guys back. It's been a really long time since we've had both of you, uh, as it far is. as I know, uh, not since almost a year ago uh, since we had Jordan on. Um, but uh, <laughs> I'm really glad that I chose this, the most special of occasions to have you back. Uh, so as I said, the event for April 2022 has mm-hmm. been the awful odds. And uh, yes. we've done a like a thorough exploration of some of the shittiest movies to come out of the decade. Um, so it's only fitting uh, that we wrap up 
with a truly awful film created by a truly awful filmmaker. Uh, so to dispel the mystery, uh, the film in question for today's episode is uh, Uwe Boll, uh, German filmmaker Uwe Boll's Blood Rain from mm. 2005, which is, of course, a video game adaptation. Uh, and I thought it would be only fitting to have you guys on to talk about this movie because it, it just happens to fit into a category that the, the two of you talk about on occasion on mm -hmm. the Grief Burrito podcast. In fact, your most recent episodes uh, have been talking about this very subject of video games to films. Uh, yes. More specifically, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, which has kind of been destroying the box office in the past couple of weeks. But It really has. Um, Harrison, like you and I had chatted a little bit like in mm -hmm. brief about Sonic 2, uh, you you kind of liked it, right? I really did like it. Yeah, I I really really enjoyed the second one, uh, the first one, and the second one. I'd like to say, and I think watching those to see how a game movie can be done well, like exploring a game universe and world, really starkly showed how bad this one is in like setting up the game universe. And ironically, I was actually to to help myself along to this film, I was building the Sonic Lego set as well. That's a little. Sonic Lego. To take your mind off of the pain take my mind off that it. is I started this, this Green Hill Zone. And I, uh, it's obviously riveting for the, just the audio listeners. And a little crab bad guy, man. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> that's adorable. So, yes. mm. um, but yeah, that, that's an example of how to do a game movie well. Uh, to pay homage to all like the 30-year-olds watching who are now taking their kids to watch it, while it also being an exciting kids film, you know? Well, a major difference between this film and Sonic and Sanic is that uh, Sanic is a is a beloved figure in the long history of of the medium of video games. Yeah. Blood Rain has hung around uh, very surprisingly, <laughs> honestly. Like mm. Blood Rain has just kind of lingered. Like she's just kind of like propped up the back walls of the party. Like she's just there. Like she never she's never been asked to leave the party, but she's never like everybody's like did we invite her yeah because i was kind of shocked like the franchise anyone. actually <laughs> does have some legs to it like like i've yeah. never played a single one of them but i do remember there was like a a metroidvania style uh blood rain game not that long ago that actually was apparently not half bad oh, okay. um, but as far as i know there are no diehard blood rain fans like there are sanic fans um but I wanted to talk a little bit about the trend of video game movies, just because, like you said, okay. Sanic mm -hmm. did it well, is an example yeah. of doing it kind of right. Um, and video game adaptations, at least in, in the Hollywood system in, in America, uh, have existed since since the 90s, basically. Like, the Super Mario Brothers movie was pretty much the first official video that game classic, adaptation. That classic, absolute that legendary classic. movie. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, we love that movie, Harrison. <laughs> yes, we do. And I won't accept the slander on this podcast of the Mario Brothers Bob movie. Hoskins, to be fair. Outstanding I mean, man. drunk on the set every yeah. fucking day, having the time of his life. <laughs> John Leguizamo with a broken leg, just still committing to the role of Luigi. <laughs> to, to be fair, if you're going to be like doing a job, if you can do it drunk, that's pretty cool. Like, yeah, can't really complain about that. This movie's no. awful, but I'm getting paid and I'm wankered. Awesome. <laughs> Double wins. Yeah. No, no. I was just, I was just thinking about the the, the early ones that set it up, really, and how. They didn't really learn from bad video game movies for a long, long time. It was only sort of when we started to get like Tomb Raider came out and it was okay. And then it, they sort of went bad again. And then 
I don't, Silent Hill is the only one that really stands out as a good one. And that's an episode I want to touch on. Maybe we'll do that at Halloween, Jordan. Maybe Trev can join us, actually. That might be quite cool. We could do the, the Silent Hill movie, the first one. I'd be more than happy to talk about it. We actually did an episode on Silent Hill. Uh, I think Christophe mm. Gans, uh, the French director. Uh, that's right, He also yeah. did Brotherhood of the Wolf. I think he did that one. We did an episode on it. And I... I think of that movie as being an exceptional video game adaptation from an audiovisual mm-hmm. standpoint. Yes. Because they, they directly sourced the music, some of the sound effects, uh, many of the camera angles and shots are directly yeah, the replicated. Up, like, angles. Yes. Mm. Um, but the in terms of scripting well. and performance, mm. it's it's not great. <laughs> yeah, that's that bit's not good. It's the it's the atmosphere I liked. The atmosphere yes. felt the same, and that was what I was kind of looking for in it. Um Blood Rain is like I don't know. It's like Lara Croft's gothy cousin got invited to the party, but no one knows her, and she stands over at the side. <laughs> like, have you have you played it at all, Jordan? Have you played any of the Blood Rain games? No, I remember seeing them a while ago and being like, "Oh, that's kind of cool. I could maybe give this a go," and just never got round to it. But oh, okay. uh, I, if they're anything like the movie, I'm never going to touch them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I maybe rented one from the classic that is uh, Blockbuster a long time ago. And then I don't think I ever played another one after that. A relic of the past, clearly. Yeah. yeah. There's actually one opening in Manchester, a Blockbuster bar, just to shout out some locals. Yeah. When it opens, I thought we could go in and do something in there. What? what I don't, what's their gimmick? Do, do you still rent things from them? Do you rent the know. beer and then give it back? Yeah, you pee it back into a keg out there in the alleyway behind. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, so Trevor, sorry, I, I derailed what you were going to say there. What, what's your sort of thoughts on the whole gaming movie? Well, I was just curious, like, tracking the progression of this this very, very, like, early stages uh, trend in, in, in film, where it's a subgenre yeah. that was born in our lifetimes, or at least in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, and... In the 2000s, we saw it evolving, and as as you said, with Tomb Raider and mm-hmm. and Silent Hill, and most importantly, Resident Evil, or at least the very first Resident yeah, Evil, the anyway, first the Paul W. S. Anderson one. Second one can can just go fuck off, go fuck right <laughs> off, fuck <laughs> right <laughs> off, get to fuck, as we said last time, get, get to fuck. fuck. <laughs> um, How are we yeah, coming but, back to that? I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm I'm working with what I got, and I, yeah. I certainly will never forget. Get to fuck. <laughs> uh, I made a clip of that, but um, <laughs> in the 2000s, we uh, we saw like a a progression, and mm. not a perfection of the subgenre, but you could see it evolving. You could see they were starting to kind of figure out, but more importantly, you could see that uh, producers were seeing that there were dollars to be made with this particular mm-hmm. subgenre. So I'm curious like where we're at now because Sonic is the most high profile of video game adaptations we have, but you, yeah. like don't forget we also had an uncharted movie like 6 months ago maybe. Um and Ghost we in the wind. certainly have we <laughs> probably have a Tomb Raider sequel coming out mm-hmm. eventually because that first one the the remake or yep. the reboot or whatever you want to call it, the Alicia Vikander one actually did very very well financially. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I saw it and I didn't think much of it, but it was a bit meh. Yeah. Um, I I think we're in a space where it's like we've we've kind of come around and we're probably going to start seeing these more and more and more regularly because there are there are dollars to be made and with Sanic just destroying the box office, it's like 
you know, I also know there's a, a Super Mario Brothers movie in production, animated one. Yes. So I'm curious <laughs> if you guys have any thoughts about like where we're currently at with video game movies. I I am kind of disheartened that. Do you remember the Ratchet and Clank movie? Either of no. Not seen it, but really? I know it, yeah. <laughs> no. So there was a Ratchet and Clank movie that I went to see in the cinema with some friends because I was like, it's Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, that's sick. And then it wasn't that great. It was very passable. It barely passable. Uh, but there were trailers on like Easter eggs for um, Sly Cooper. So the Sly Raccoon yeah. games. And then Jack and Daxter. And there was yes. a trailer for a Sly Cooper film. And I was like, that's going to be amazing. Uh, and then they cancelled that and then killed the hopes of <laughs> was getting a Jack and Daxter game, which is very, oh. uh, movie, sorry, which is kind of sad. But I'm wondering if now, because Sonic's obviously quite, a, it's a thing for kids really and the adults that grew up watching it. So I'm wondering yeah. if they're maybe going to, Sony are going to dust off the old, <laughs> old IPs and hope, you know, maybe there'll be a Crash Bandicoot movie or. That, that could, that's one that I could see working because of how like Warner Brothers cartoon it is. And that's something we spoke about the other week, didn't we, Jordan? On we, we played through the first Crash Bandicoot game. And it's very, very Looney Tunes, Warner Brothers-esque. So to if you went down that route to do a Crash Bandicoot film, in the art style like they did with the new game, um, It's About Time, I think that could totally work. Yeah, I don't see why not. No. At all. Um, in terms of the Mario Brothers movie that's coming up, I, I think it could be good. It's, it's by the studio that did Minions and um, Despicable Me. I, I'm i not convinced on some of the voice casting, as a lot of people aren't. They've like Chris Pratt as Mario, which is baffling. But Charlie Day as Luigi, I can totally get behind. Because he's like... <laughs> like I think that would be great. That was not an Italian accent, by the way, just to clarify. That was just a Charlie Day impression before anyone thinks yeah. I'm doing accent <laughs> humour. Um, and I also like Jack Black as uh, Bowser. I think that's really cool. Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. That could work as well. Maybe he's a stoner. Could be hilarious. <laughs> Do you guys watch video game Donkey at all? Uh, on them. occasion. Hmm. Uh, His... it's, been a mile, it's been a while, but but I have seen a couple. There is a reaction that. video of him seeing the cast being announced for that movie. And his yeah. progression of laughing to just fucking manic having a manic episode over the the announcements is probably what I felt. It's the closest really? to what I felt of that. If you get a chance, watch it. It is just exactly how I felt of just him going insane when he saw the announcements. Okay. I'll have to look that out. up. But I mean, like <laughs> stunt casting for, for animation productions has kind of been the norm since what, Aladdin? Like ever since Robin Williams like just like destroyed the box office as the genie, like yeah. it's just kind of become the norm to like cast whatever names we've got to to draw the the parents into the cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything you guys are saying, like it, it only just registered right now in my mind. That's like, huh? These are all animated projects, and they're all tailored more for younger audiences mm-hmm. um so maybe they're hedging their bets and they're like maybe instead of like the resident evils which we are still getting live action productions of by the way yeah. instead of like the the tomb raiders and the resident evils and things of that nature maybe the studios are more keen on focusing on animation because it, it's it just seems to be more profitable in general yeah um but clearly we've come a long way since 
blood rain. <laughs> but Thank God. Uh, speaking of which, we should probably get to the movie in question. Uh, yes. Obviously, we've been finding every excuse to not talk about uh, the movie <laughs> we're supposed to be talking about today. Yeah. Um, so Blood Rain is, of course, from 2005 and is directed by Uwe Boll. Um, now, the question I'll pose to the two of you is, uh, do you have any familiarity uh, with with Bull and his filmography or or his infamy online? Um, I really, know. No. I only know some of the films. I don't even think... I think I watched Alone in the Dark. And I think I watched that reasonably recently. And I don't know why. I think maybe oh, I've, I've... seen that movie. Yeah, it's really bad. And I'm detecting a trend with Uwe Boll movies. <laughs> um, <laughs> he likes his, his movie. He made the Postal uh, movie time. as well. What the fuck? He did. And House of the Dead also. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. what? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> like, genuine, like, soul left your body there, Jordan. Like, oh, oh, God. What? Oh, God. Jordan, Jordan, you sound like he just mugged you in the street or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think he has. I think he has. <laughs> well, I mean, he robbed you of an hour and a half of your life by yeah. forcing the you to watch the Far Cry movie. <laughs> what the fuck is this guy doing? <laughs> Somebody stop him! <laughs> he can't keep getting away with this. Well, we'd have to go back to the future. We'd have to hop in a time machine to prevent this <laughs> catastrophe of his like decade plus reign of terror in the in the realm of video game adaptation cinema. Mm. But oh. um, so it sounds like I don't think there's a a bull expert in the room in terms of like movies we've all seen of his no. i know him mostly by reputation i too have seen a few of his movies uh alone in the dark uh mm. i did see uh, as as the filmmaker himself would pronounce it. Um, it it is truly awful um house of the dead actually there's a family story where uh from the blockbuster from ye old blockbuster uh -huh. uh, my my own mother for whatever the fuck reason rented house of the dead without knowing a thing about what it was she was just like okay. yeah this will do and she brought it home and we put it on and uh it didn't last 20 minutes she like hit the eject button was like nope this is going right back i'm getting my money back that didn't happen very often because it, sure was, it wasn't it a was, ploy he shot her. She she ejected it and then went reload, reload, and then stuck it back in. <laughs> <laughs> no, like my brother and I were in the room. We were all watching it. We yeah. were watching House of the Dead as a fucking family. <laughs> Says a lot about our household. Yeah, <laughs> but but she couldn't handle it. She was like, "No, this is trash." Like like Gosh. I will watch bad movies with my kids, but not this. This is absolute trash. So I to this day I have never finished it. Never uh, see. I want to finish it. I want to watch it. <laughs> I mean, it could have been the TNA factor. Like, it was mm -hmm. at a certain part of our our youth that maybe it was a little uncomfortable to be watching that sort of film with okay. your parents. Uh, yeah. Because I certainly remember in the opening 20 minutes or so, Clint Howard uh, standing in front of a naked woman on a fishing boat or something. <laughs> that was a little weird. Um, but yeah, to this day, I've never finished House of the Dead. Um, I think I watched Far Cry, like, in college or something, that was also wretched. Okay. Um, but Blood Rain, I selected <laughs> this one because... <laughs> I selected this one because I figured it would be bad, but not like not like the absolute bottom of the barrel. Plus, Blood Rain is actually an example of like a, a video game franchise that, in my mind, I think of the 2000s. Because mm. like Far Cry, for instance, is a franchise that persists to this very day. Whereas yeah. Blood Rain is more like... It, it was in its heyday 
in the entirety of the 2000s. Like, I think even the sequel to the game, I th- it was basically a PS2-era franchise that kind of limped yeah. along to, to more contemporary days. But uh, Bull, as a filmmaker, is a he's an interesting guy. Um, I watched a documentary about him called uh, Fuck You All, colon, The Uva Bull Story. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's actually a pretty well-made documentary, and it sheds interesting light on on his his like background as a filmmaker he is okay. apparently like a phd in a uh, german wow. literature and uh, he also has an economics degree of some sort and i think that's the most important thing to think to keep in the back of your mind when you're watching his films is that uh his his shooting style is purely based around budget and economics um because apparently there was a german tax loophole that allowed him to finance a lot of his films and part like a major stipulation in it was that you could obtain investment from the German government and recoup whatever losses you might incur if if the investment was expended within the same calendar year it was obtained. So okay. basically, it was like a, a clicking like a clicking talk uh, clock factor where it's just like wow. we got to get the money and within the same year we need to shoot, edit, and distribute it. Uh, so it was always just like a race to the finish line, and it truly shows, like in the it way that this. this film is constructed. Yeah, yeah. A, there was a lot of times in this film where I felt as confused as the main character Blood Rain looks. Like she, a lot of the time, she's just like, "What?" <laughs> she's just like bumbling through it, and I was like, "I, I know I was building Lego at the time, like a child, but <laughs> that's besides I the point." Think, I did at parts. I did think I'd missed bits like I, I was i was like paying enough attention but i was like i've clearly missed something here but sorry mm-hmm. when try to take it back a sec when he said you know he's he's phd and i was like oh it's just the way people have described him he's a pretty huge dick <laughs> 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 yeah uh, his general mm-hmm. reputation is that of, he has a, a prickly demeanor uh he's, okay. he's not easy to deal with however one uh positive i guess that comes with that is that he's forthright like the one thing that universally everybody seems to say or praise about him is that he's a kind of a no bullshit type of person like he's the kind of person that if if he if he wrongs you and you tell him to fuck right off like he just kind of nods and it's like yeah i had that coming oh <laughs> sorry <funny>. sorry <laughs> prickly honest dickhead okay yeah I mean, that sounds 100% accurate to me. He has a thing for nudity in these movies from what I remember then. So, Blood Rain, obviously, we'll get to that part. But Mm. in, was it House of the Dead, nudity? And then I think Alone in the Dark, there was nudity too, right? Yeah, and he was always pushing for more. Um, (laughs) And a lot of that, I think, yeah. I mean, mean, as the only American in the room... uh, it, it is kind of a reputation that a lot of European filmmakers carry. It's just yeah. like, yeah, of course there's going to be tits. Like, like it's the just expected. Is, <laughs> is, this, is this movie European? Awesome. Great. <laughs> awesome. Yes. <laughs> awesome, dude. But no, when it comes to the nudity and stuff, I've actually seen mm-hmm. behind the scenes footage with him that actually reminded me um, quite a bit of other filmmakers that I've seen where it's like the, the quote was always, I know what teenage boys like. And it's like, okay. if, if in, in this era, in, in the mid two thousands, DVD sales were very, very, very important to a film. Mm-hmm. And if you could make the promise of TNA and like gore and violence 
uh, that would that would certainly help the potential for for your film's success, like on the DVD and the rental market. Um, so that was something that he was always gunning for. I'm not saying that that's like moral or or correct in any way, but as I said, I want to say his uh, balancing the books was yeah. always of of prime concern for him. It was very seldom about art or craft or even telling a coherent narrative. It was about getting it done right fucking now and then getting it on the shelves mm-hmm. with the promise of cleavage and or TNA. I mean, he's do a numbers you? man, obviously. I mean, I, I do wonder if anyone reminded him of five, uh, uh, six, uh, uh, seven percent <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes because this doesn't have a very good rating. Do you do you think that the, the nudity factor, obviously like the thing of I know what teenage boys like, whatever, do you think the fact that it was a video game movie where the video game main character is a woman mm. who is portrayed as being quite, you know, sexy? Do you think yeah. that impacted the sales on the DVD? Because it's like, you see the character Rain from Blood Rain's boobs. She does yeah, a sex. Probably. <laughs> you know what I mean? She does a I sex is an helped. understatement. She this, does. She does. She, she <laughs> fucks, man. <laughs> This this woman fucks. Fucks. Um, <laughs> I was yeah, scared of that does. guy. I was like, damn. <laughs> it's yeah, just, it gets pretty oh, aggressive. It, <laughs> yeah, I mean, in a jail cell too. That like, would scare oh. a lot of nerdy guys off, I'm sure. A lot of nerdy guys can't talk to girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh my I, I want to say that the, the nudity factor is very much a product of its time. Like, mm-hmm. like in the two, I think of this period of time as as having a certain texture to it, of having a certain <laughs> look to it. It was very much Man. pandering to the the male gaze, specifically yeah. the teenage male gaze. Mm-hmm. It was it was the I don't know over here we call it like Spike TV or like yeah, Monster okay. Energy Drink Cinema, basically. Yeah, yeah. it's just like very broy. Um, and this was also the era where, uh, gaming was not the the environment that it currently is it was very mm-hmm. much kind of like thought of as a boys club teenage boy um, yeah because this was obviously yeah. af- just after the matrix really wasn't it this was probably made three years after the matrix when the whole leather actiony fighty scene stuff was big in cinema so it, it, it you can kind of feel that they were trying to emulate that in some manner but it they, they didn't execute it very well no, execution is the key word there. Mm-hmm. Like there, there really is none. It's just kind of point and shoot and move on. Uh, yes. there's, there's, like aside from some actually kind of splendid gore effects, um, yes, there's yeah. very little care and thought put into the arrangement of shots and lighting and whatnot. But I will give them credit for that. When when there is gore and prosthetics work, it, like to be done in front of the camera, they do actually give it time and and try to do it right. Um, yeah. And that's another thing is that like the crews that the Uva Bowl generally works with are consummate professionals. It's just somehow like he he hustles them past their comfort zone, and nobody's <laughs> able to put for like put their best work forth. Yeah, um, and it just results in a a truly subpar product, <laughs> and fairly consistently too. Um, his movies have like a an incoherence to their narratives that's very mm-hmm. very consistent throughout most of his filmography. How can you be yeah, so consistently do. inconsistent Consistent. in your storytelling? How is that exactly. possible? How well, is that another, genuinely possible? Another major thing to point out that um, like I, I learned about watching that Fuck You, fuck you All documentary mm-hmm. was that this film, specifically Blood Rain and other films, like not just this film, but this film specifically was shot without a script. 
Um, apparently a first draft so. was turned in yeah. and mm. uh, they just kind of winged it from scene to scene. And on top of that, uh, Billy Zane's entire character was invented on the spot out of convenience and it ended up, ended up muddling the plot to the point of just being like, I don't even know what the fuck we're doing. That, that's a point I wanted to ask. What happened to Billy Zane? Where did he go? I don't know. He's in the movie, <laughs> and then it's just he's never in the movie. Why? He's probably he's like borderline the best part of the movie. Mm. But apparently, he, the production wasn't planning for him to be involved at all. His entire character, his entire chunk of the narrative, mm. is is a hindrance to the entire thing. But like yep. I said, when he's on camera, he's Billy fucking Zane, and he is kind of charming, and he does make something out of the material the non-existent material so i'm pretty sure he just kind of winged it when they turned on the camera and did probably one or two takes mm-hmm. um but yeah his presence actually just it it's very distracting ben kingsley is probably the the person who comes out of this with the most tarnish to their record definitely um, definitely yeah, it even makes he, him yeah. look bad and he is obviously he's he's not a bad actor. ben kingsley is a wonderful actor great on the stage great in films I, I, I just there was a screenshot go go to our Twitter page and I tagged Trevor in this with a statement of what the fuck did you make me watch <laughs> with him with his weird little vampire teeth stuck out and it, oh, well God, he's making Trevor. the he's making the face that you would make like probably when he got his check in the mail or something <laughs> it's just yeah. like ah <laughs> yes. It's a lovely screen cap. It's from when he's killed at the finale of the film. But mm-hmm. um, speaking of which, we should probably just do a rundown of the cast here because yeah, sure. a, a consistent thing with Uwe Boll's films is that somehow, apparently he's very charming or something, or he mm-hmm. he actually went on record on the in that documentary saying that his trick of the trade um, when it comes to getting name actors to be involved with his shit movies is it comes down again to scheduling where apparently really? he 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 calls or visits agents offices and says i ha- i need somebody in like 3 weeks who's not working and and then okay. they'll just throw names at him and he'll just like call anyone at any time of day and just make an offer like he has no shame um, right. so he just kind of like gets people in vulnerable positions where it's just like well i don't have any work queued up at the moment I guess I'll go to Romania and shoot a fucking vampire video game movie. <laughs> I mean, I was surprised by the cast. Like, every time someone popped up, I was like, wow, okay, all right, now someone else is new. Like, because the main lady from this, um, I can't remember, her name slips my mind. Christana Loken. That's the one. Um, she played the, the Terminator in Terminator 3, didn't she? Yeah, and that was only a couple of years before this. And uh, yeah. unfortunately, it seems like her career didn't really go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um kind of like natasha henstridge in a species where it's like she had her big yeah. headlining role in a like a sci-fi movie and then ghosts of mars man that, yeah, like, ghosts of mars <laughs> killed everyone but ice cube because ice yeah. cube is unkillable ice cube can't um, die. <laughs> not as killable as uh ll cool j though i, I want to say mm. he holds the record as being the most unkillable uh person in hollywood i don't think i've ever seen him die in a movie like he, no. he always finds a way to just slip through. It's kind Here of amazing. Here is your opposite of Sean Bean Award and <laughs> joy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, Sean Bean. It's it's in his contract. He has to be put in a compromised position and or die um, yeah. in whatever film he's in. I don't like the way you said compromised position because there's a lot of nudity in this film. 
<laughs> yeah, no, all I can <laughs> think of. Don't say Sean Bean in compromised position. Oh, no. Uh, I always have fun referring to him as uh, Sean Bon or Scene Bean. Scene Bean, man. Scene Bean. Bon. That one. Sean Bon. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, his name is spelt C S E A N. It is. Sean Bon. Yeah, Sean Bon. Scene Bean. Anyway, yeah, Kristana Loken, uh, I believe, was in Terminator 3. Again, mm. very prestigious role in a not so great movie, but that's not important. Point is, she had a super high profile role in the terminator film like i think that was 2003 so it was only yeah like two years prior to this so like it's kind of unfortunate her career didn't really go anywhere after this as far as i know we already mentioned ben kingsley he's a fucking legend um and he is phoning it in in the extreme in fact there is there's one part of this movie that i i actually had to like pause repeatedly to write it down because it is one of the most incredible voiceovers i've ever ever experienced in cinema um it, it, it the delivery is it's expert in its apathy <laughs> um, don't forget to read that but, out we need to get to that point then yes i i will read it out but um, we also have michelle rodriguez who as far mm-hmm. as i understand um girl fight was like her her big breakout role very good okay. movie by the way very intense not movie, but um Aside from that, she's mostly known for having a token appearance in a couple of the Resident Evil movies and the Fast and Furious movies, most importantly. However, this Avatar. movie came out during like a lull in her her uh, her uh, tenure on the Fast and Furious franchise. I think this was before okay. she came back to it. But Jordan's throwing his hand up like a like a good boy. What you got? Why were her eyes blue? I don't fucking know, Jordan. I noticed that too, and it was incredibly I, distracting. I wasn't I didn't sure if that. I was being fucking stupid, so I googled her and then couldn't tell. So I googled it, her eyes, and looked, and I was like, her fucking eyes are brown. I knew it. Why are her eyes blue in this fucking movie? What? There is no reason. No one ever mentions it. Ever. Why? I don't know. Stuff like that happens on films a lot. Like, in fact, last week's episode, Dragon Ball Evolution, mm. which I'm actually struggling to decide if I if that movie's worse than this one. I don't quite know at the moment. Maybe we'll figure it out by the time we get to the finish line with this one. Mm-hmm. But in that one, Chao Yun Fat, I did notice he, he was wearing colored contacts as well. And anytime I see that, it, it's always incredibly distracting to me. Anyway, definitely, they, they never look right, and it's because the the surface isn't as shiny as that the colors on the outside as opposed to the color being behind the reflective lens on the end of your eye getting scientific now but that's why they look weird in films because the light's not right on them well it doesn't help too that everything's shot in crystal clear hd now so it's like yeah he's wearing lenses (laughs) it's like it's it's never it's it's never like it's never not noticeable i guess is what i'm pointing out um but yeah she's never thought about the science of this the science of contact lenses. HD murdered contact lenses. It did. Those fucking- it, made, like, it made special effects people have to get a lot better. Because if you watch them in 4K, you can see like makeup joins of like fake uh, noses and shit. Like, it's, it's surprising what you can notice. <laughs> can you imagine that yeah. one guy who was phoning it in in makeup? And then he just quit. He was like, nah, 4K's done me in. I'm not doing this shit anymore. <laughs> I quit. I'm going to work at Mackey's. I mean, HD killed Billy Zane's career in specific because the man's wig collection is extensive, and uh, if you if you fudge the the seam line there, mm, yeah. it's gonna stick out like a sore thumb, man. See the webbing? You can see the webbing, Billy. I actually I, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I do exclusively standard mm. definition. <laughs> VHS. What? It's, yeah. We're in 2020, Billy. 2020. <laughs> 
Uh, but moving on, we also have Michael Madsen, who, as far as I understand, has one of the most extensive filmographies in Hollywood. Like, okay. this was not something I was always aware of, but uh, Kyle, uh, my regular co-host, he pointed out to me, like, holy shit, this guy makes, like, three or four movies a year and has really? been doing so for decades. Like, he's putting up, like, Jackie Chan numbers. Like, Jackie Chan, Ooh. like, crossed his 100th feature film several years ago, probably around, like, 2012, <laughs> I believe. Michael Madsen's probably eclipsed that, like, long okay. ago. Oh. Um, but he is absolutely phoning it in here. and his, He's uh, awful in this film. His line deliveries are are incredible because it's like it's like he just like wrote post-it notes down to remind himself of what had to be said and then he just yeah. read them verbatim because like he he doesn't use any contractions or anything and coming from him it's like you look like a man who would use contract <laughs> it's, it's like you sir that is not your natural speech pattern i'm sorry no no and it, it comes across as very robotic it do, there was a particular line that I just want to point out, actually, and it's when they go to uh, Leonid's lair and they pop out the bushes and he goes, Leonid's lair, she needs to feed or the sun. And that's it. Like, there's, I, I read to rewind it. Like, what did he just say? She needs to feed on the sun. What the f- what? Baffling me. Yeah, yeah that, that's like all of his lines are exactly yeah. that. It, basically, he is just nudging the plot along. Like, he's he's not American here to be a character. character. Everyone else is like, weirdly british i will counter that by saying that michelle rodriguez's accent is highly inconsistent it is Um, she's american at the start later on british (laughs) yeah yes um and i have some other theories about how this movie was constructed um but but yes absolutely her her accent she is not doing it at all in the beginning and then by the time we get to the end it's like oh okay we're doing a british (laughs) thing out of nowhere um but beyond that, we have uh, mostly just cameos. Uh, we have uh, Udo Kier, who, duh, like, mm-hmm. of course he's going to be here. It's expected. Uh, <laughs> Meatloaf. Uh, we also have uh, one of Charlie Chaplin's kids or something, uh, Geraldine Chaplin. Uh, wow, that okay. was a shocker to see her. She's a, cra- she's a very classy gal, and she actually probably puts forth the best effort of the entirety of the cast. And She's only in one scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Pare is a a consistent collaborator with Uva Bowl. He's been like working with him since his English language debut. So it's expected he would be here as well. We already mentioned Billy Zane, but beyond that, there's two uh, martial arts ca- uh, cameos that I have to showcase because I'm okay. me. Uh, TJ Storm, the king of okay. the monsters himself. TJ Storm is here. Uh, he sticks out like a sore thumb in any production he's involved in. I, I called him the king of the monsters because uh, he did the performance capture for Godzilla in the King more the recent Godzilla films. Oh, cool. So okay. he is literally Godzilla. <laughs> um, That's pretty but cool. on top of that, um, Kyle and I also know him as McGinty, the uh, literal black Irish uh, parkour meth head uh, from Punisher Warzone. <laughs> You're okay. a fucking saint uh, is, yeah. <laughs> is his best quote from that movie. And then he is uh, he is very soundly dispatched very shortly thereafter. But yes, TJ Storm is in the cast. Um, and then, uh, unfortunately, Darren Shalavi is also here. Uh, he has passed away uh, several years ago. That was a that was a big bummer. Uh, Darren Shalavi okay. is like the head priest. He has a couple of scenes with Ben Kingsley. Um, mm-hmm. He. Uh, he was like a, a stuntman and martial artist that worked in the Hong Kong system and in the Hollywood system. Very stalwart performer. Um, these days, the kids probably know him best as being the uh, chief antagonist in uh, Ip Man 2, 
uh, Twister, okay. the boxer mm-hmm. character. Uh, unfortunately, he passed away a few years ago. It kind of sucks. But when I saw him, I was like, ooh, I have a reason to be invested. And then he was like killed very clumsily in like a throwaway shot. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> Same with TJ Storm, for that matter. It's like, fuck. <laughs> Why do you anyway, want me to hate you, film? I, I mean, the movie kept doing that over and over and over again. Mm, but um, would either of you like to attempt... To give us a plot summary of Blood Rain, I, I know that is a stiff fucking challenge. <laughs> Jordan, as soon as you this, watched it two hours ago, I think you should take this. This, I'm gonna say now, this film is so forgettable that I watched it two hours ago, and I'm really struggling to remember anything about this. Um, <laughs> there's, there's a circle. It starts off with people who are uh, vampire hunters, and then they go to a circus, and then. There's a vampire woman, and then plot happens, and then everyone's dead but her. I mean, nothing gets resolved. To the, you know, that's it. He, he's <laughs> not wrong. I mean, there's not really much to fill it in other than Ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley gets his career nearly ruined, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's boobs. There's oh, there's boobs. There's a prison and, fight. No, there's full frontal actually. Is that? Which oh my is god! Pretty, yeah. There is, there it's is. It's a very, very strange film, mm. and not yeah. for not for a good reason. Like not like Parasite. That's a strange film. Very good film. Mm. Not not this. Don't spoil that. I this haven't film, seen that yet. This film. <laughs> this film is a parasite. Is what it is. <laughs> this film took nearly two hours of my life, and also fuck Kyle for bowing out and not committing <laughs> to his own podcast to watch it with us. <laughs> I don't blame, honestly. Fucking fair yeah. play, Kyle. You've, played, you've had me there, son. You've had yeah. me there. <laughs> one nil to Kyle. Yeah. Okay, well, it doesn't help that no one in the room is familiar with the video game series, so like, if there mm. were references sprinkled throughout this thing, none of us would be able to spot it. Um, but I no. don't think it's terribly important. They, I know that they, they, the only gist of what I, I seem to get was that she doesn't know what she's doing. And she has to collect three, an eye, a heart, and a rib, if I'm correct, that has yeah. something to do with powers. And yeah, other people <laughs> it's want never it. specifically laid out what each of those individual items do. No, um, th- it is mentioned in a list form, but none of none of the characteristics are directly attached to any of the individual items. So it's just like get the thing because it's important. Because that's how we have to finish the fucking movie. Actually, that kind of reminded me of... I don't know if it's from the games, from Blood Rain, but it actually made me think of uh, Castlevania 2. Okay. uh, Because that's kind of the plot. Basically, it's a follow-up to the original Castlevania where Simon Belmont has to take all the body parts of Dracula and dispose of them after he's already killed him in the first game. So it's like yeah. kind of like the epilogue, I guess, to that story. So maybe that's part of Vampire Is it lore. like when you go know. to the supermarket and you're like, you, you get everything you think of and then you get home and you sit down and you go, fuck, I forgot the corn flour. So you've got to go out again. Is that what that game is, basically? Yes, yeah, essentially, yeah. Oh, finally, I finally killed Dracula. Oh, I forgot to dispose of the part, shit. <laughs> I'm just picturing that iconic. Uh, I think the track of music is called Monster Dance. It has that. It has that opening note that's just. It just like buries your heart and your stomach. It's like that's the tone that hits when when you sit down and you realize, fuck, I forgot the cornflower. What a horrible night to have a curse. 
Uh, yeah. But anyway, that's about as good a plot summary as I think anyone in the room could give, Jordan, so thanks for that. But our mm-hmm. movie opens with uh, some production logos, one of which bears the director's name, by the way, Bull, KG. Uh, mm-hmm. We get a bunch of antiquated tapestries, some of which, like most of which look like they're legit like works of art. Yeah, That gave me false hope. They gave me false hope with those fucking tapestries and paintings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they classed it up. In these. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> like, oh no, that's not what the movie's gonna look like. <laughs> no, yeah. the most effort that went into that movie was those parts. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It, I want to say most of the effort went into um, phone calls made to acquire the cast members um, <laughs> and uh, the gore effects. Uh, but yes. beyond that, it's just kind of like mostly just like hurry up get it fucking done no dolly tracks we have no time to build dolly tracks everything's nope. got to be handheld lights will go where they're going to go as long as they're not in the shot i'm good let's move on michael madsen i do not have a script for you just say some shit just wear this go to craft services <laughs> yeah just wear this mullet wig say the lines <laughs> try not to kill anyone with the prop sword <laughs> yeah there's a lot to, like the, the intro scene, I don't even remember how it starts, but I remember finding out that she's a damn fear, which I didn't know what that was. Uh, <laughs> a man walks past her and goes, harumph, and just like harumphs at her. And then she feeds on a vampire. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> You've missed the entire introduction where they're the brimstone people who are the secret society or not, who knows, uh, go mm-hmm. to a market and then they check the mirror because a man is buying something, and then they just yeah. fucking kill him. It's just like, kill him okay. the bar. Yeah, yeah, sorry, I do remember that. And they're like, yeah, they oh, man. I like, yeah. I like that you guys don't make a mess. It's like they've literally just killed a man. <laughs> yeah, and he, he's shriveled on the ground. <laughs> like, like, he is a moldy, shrivel- rotten a mess on the floor. On the ground. And the fucking the shop owner's like, oh, you guys don't make a mess. Yay. Lads, lads, lads. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, the way he sussed that out was like I think I think he's like force sensitive or something because bear in okay. mind like Uva Bull has gone on record saying he he is a movie fan. He's seen a lot of movies um and a really? lot of his ideas come from aping other movies. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe <laughs> but only he, shit ones, yes. Mm. Yeah, he's maybe he's seen a western or maybe he remembers the cantina scene from Star Wars a New Hope where Obi-Wan has a throwdown with a a pig-faced man and a butt oh, yeah. f- butt butt-mouthed man <laughs> wherein he takes a limb uh i was escalating things maybe a little further than he needed to but um maybe this is a tribute to that but yeah basically our one of our characters sebastian who by the way mm-hmm. i don't this was played by matthew davis and i have no fucking clue who matthew davis is but my god he has so much screen time and he has the he shittiest does. fucking hair do in this movie. He does. And he's just a nothing fucking fart in the wind type of character that somehow ends up being like one of our main characters. The yeah. whole time I was like, I was waiting for him to make a rookie mistake or he something in, and get offed early. <laughs> he was yeah. in Legally Blonde and Pearl Harbor, apparently. Oh, okay. high class cinema right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's all I got. Well, well while you're investigating that, uh, would you mind looking into Will Sanderson? Because he's also like another fart in the wind actor in this movie that somehow has all the screen time. He has roughly a third of the movie devoted to him and his even worse haircut. 
because uh, my god this man is saddled with one of the most like awful haircuts i've seen in cinema like he's got some th- like some thunderbolts and then some carved into his scalp <laughs> he was and also I'm in house sure of the dead is not a wig and alone in is the dark house- oh really and hot wheels world race oh wow. shit okay so he has worked with uva Bowl in the past damn there are a lot of hot jumps. wheel movies what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know there was one. We've uncovered, we've uncovered yet another subgenre, an underappreciated subgenre of film, the Hot Wheels yeah. cinematic universe. Uh, <laughs> he's in shit. Smallville, I guess. Like, there's not a lot. Okay. okay. He's in a lot of well, awful th- movies by the look of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense because, like, I would imagine a lot of the bigger name actors in this in these films probably, again, their schedule is of chief importance. Whereas a guy like Will Sanderson, I'm pretty sure Uva Bull can just say, like, you want to, like, hang around in Romania for three weeks and be like, yeah, I yeah. ain't got shit going on. It's like, <laughs> I can I can literally phone in my, my voiceovers for the Hot Wheels movie like, yeah, from I do, my iPhone. <laughs> I do have a Hot Wheels movie coming up, so we better make this shit snappy. TikTok, Uva. <laughs> yeah. TikTok. And Uva's just like, fucking, you have no idea how quickly we can get this movie done. <laughs> I mean, is that a dare? Is that a dare, Will? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, thanks for doing that research there on the spot, <laughs> you, by the way. You're fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I will retain none of this information. Uh, but yeah, basically, we have our, our merry band of heroes, which is Michael Madsen, uh, the Sebastian character, and Michelle Rodriguez. They go to visit a bartender. Uh, they stab a man in the chest in the middle of a crowd of people because, as Jordan had pointed out, they use like a small mirror and a, and a, a music cue. Like there's a, a dark force like rumbling on the soundtrack that somehow tips off. It's like... It's like a diegetic rumble of some sort mm. because somehow our characters just sense that he's a vampire and decide, like, I should pull out my mirror and ch- double check on that. And then they stab him in the heart and he dies. So we learn about, like, oh, this world has vampires. And then they're tipped off about something called the Sherbon Carnival. Uh, and then we immediately cut to the carnival. <laughs> Which is kind of the flow Go. of this movie. It's it basically a, a, a thing is said. And then we go to that place or do that thing. <laughs> it does go like that. It, there is no like ex- extenuating circumstances where something happens naturally. It is just like someone says something, go, okay, go, okay, go. And it just keeps going like that the whole film. Yeah, it's like, yeah, he told us we got to go to the quarry. Cut to the quarry. <laughs> We're in the quarry. <laughs> yeah, they just have fast travel enabled at all times. <laughs> to be fair, it's pretty direct. Like if someone's like, Here's the quest thing. You need to go do this. Like, ah, shit, all right, I guess. I guess we're on Yeah, it. and we we see some carnival acts here, which includes, like, a bearded lady and some little people doing some stuff, a fire breather, and then someone that they call Amazing Amanda, who has the trademark, like, blood rain. I don't even know what these instruments are called. Are they like They're called <laughs> swords. I think, well, they're, are they not the same thing that Cabal uses in Mortal Kombat? They're like bladed tonfa, aren't they? No, those those are of Chinese origins, and they're like hooked. Hers hers are like tonfas. They're like nightsticks oh, yeah. that protrude forward and backward, and downward. <laughs> and they're, they have blades on three different points. Very very unwieldy. Yeah, just and very unwieldy. <laughs> uh, yes, just <laughs> it's like that's the name of the weapon because that's yeah. its function. Because I feel I feel terrible for anyone who is saddled with having to operate these things because. Yeah. 
I'm sorry. Like, there's there's just no way. Like, you're going to hit yourself. You're going to harm others. Like, mm-hmm. th- these are dangerous. I don't know what they're called. The point is, just, <laughs> but what kind of weapon? I got to know. I got to yeah, Google like, Get me one of those. <laughs> but the point is, these these are part of the branding. Like, this is part mm. of the the lore, the franchise yes. lore. Like, any image you look up of Blood Rain is going to have her holding these steel what's-its. And this amazing Amanda character is apparently amazing because she can somehow operate these without cutting, her, without disemboweling herself. Yeah. And she slices some candles, and I'm like, well, that's not really impressive. Like, if I paid good money to see that, I'd be really pissed. That scene gets reused <laughs> later on in the film because it's that impressive. <laughs> it's so goddamn impressive. It's like, no, that's a woman flailing around and just happening to knock over some candles. Um, <laughs> but we are introduced to a ringmaster who... I guess this is like the, quote, freak show portion of the carnival where they drag out Blood Rain, again, portrayed by Kristana Loken. I'm not sure if this happened late in the shoot or early, but her hair color here is a little different. Like, it looks like her color starting to starting to watch out yeah because like, <laughs> it's not dying of... it again <laughs> exactly and also i started to notice towards the finale like her her blonde roots were showing mm-hmm. so, so i'm not sure what the schedule was but anyway she's dragged out by king of the monsters tj storm uh okay and this entire carnival act consists of them th- dumping her arm in water to burn her uh and then yes. they kill a lamb and like feed her blood I guess demonstrate that she's a vampire like never mind the fact that like apparently vampires are literally everywhere in this world mm-hmm. like you you can't you can't round a corner without bumping into a yeah. vampire so I don't know why this would be People special to an audience very surprised that it's like look she heals after eating blood and it's like that people in the street when they killed that vampire did not seem to care at all how are exactly. they getting money out of this shit we see this for free outside (laughs) (laughs) i mean in a different movie you would have that you would cut to some guy with his arms folded in the audience going like (laughs) that's not that that's not a big deal this show sucks (laughs) (laughs) boo we've got bearded women on the streets too this is bullshit I mean, that would be a fun little subplot where it's like the, the ringmaster's like, man, my carnival sucks. <laughs> he sat there That's trying to think of new watch. ideas. Like, mm. um, but anyway, uh, Blood Rain is, we do see that she heals by drinking blood. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, blood mustache, it, it looks cute. <laughs> like, like it, it's literally like a milk mustache, but with yeah. blood. Blood um, stash. And she's mm-hmm. locked up. And, uh,. I, I'm going to point out as many of these as, as I can because Michael Madsen's line deliveries are just incredible. And the timing of the edit seems like it's intended to be comical. It's not, mm-hmm. but it, it has that effect. So it's just like hard cut to him back in the bar. And then he's asking the bartender like about the carnival. And he just says, how long do you think it will take to get there? Cut. <laughs> and it's just like different. Like we're done moving on. Um, and then we get, a rambling, incoherent mess of of just words that I it's supposed to be flowery and poetic from mm-hmm. that Amanda character who goes to visit Rain in her cell. And she's going on and on oh, yeah. about a land of like bouncing bunnies and, and shining rainbows and like my yeah. dad will help us get there. And Kristanda Logan doesn't even have a line here. It's like they knew it was all so bad, it's just like we gotta go. <laughs> it's it just up. like say the word <laughs> say the words and we're moving on. <laughs> 
Can you picture the director seeing the... Because it's like, there was no script. And then she just comes up like, oh, I've written this to say to, to Rain in her cell. And he's just like, what the fuck? I mean, we're going to have to use it now. Yeah. But what the fuck is this? What is this? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't put it past yeah. him. Uh, kill her. Uh, kill her like... this scene. Get her gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a really fantastic moment on that documentary about Uva Bowl where uh, Clint Howard, Ron Howard's brother, uh, he tells a story about an entire scene shot uh, by Uvable. So he's in he's in the video village with the monitor set up. He's in his director's chair and he's reading a boxing magazine and he never looks up from the magazine and they shoot the entire scene with his head down. <laughs> wow. And then and then he just like when the, when they say cut, he just asks like one of the ADs or something like, "Was that good?" And then they're like, "Yep." And he's like, "Print, moving on." <laughs> He's reading a fucking boxing magazine the whole time. <laughs> it's pretty incredible. Uh, that's his method, I guess. But anyway, Amanda gives Blood Rain a, uh, a cross that she wears throughout most of the movie. Uh, we get a shot that reminded me of Paul W.S. Anderson's Mortal Kombat movie. Uh, of a, It's like a CGI exterior of a castle. And we go into the interior via a gargoyle spout. It's like, Whoa. ooh, classy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like somebody had fun. Um and then half we're the introduced to. <laughs> I mean, honestly, half, half. Oh, actually, uh, I should take this opportunity to talk about the budget because okay. some uh, a common criticism of Bull was that his movies are often over budget and bloated. But the the over budget thing is very fascinating because, like I said, his movies, at least at this stage of his career, were financed via German tax loopholes. Uh, yeah. So regardless of the quality or the earnings of the movie, he would never lose money regardless of how poorly it did. And it did poorly. Yeah. Um, but the point, the most important point I mentioned there is the bloated aspect of things. So I actually looked into it a little bit. And this, mo- this movie, this, f- this fucking film is a $25 million production, um, which is, uh, you know, a modest production, but it's still $25 million. I can point to... 80% of Scott Adkins's filmography and most of those are probably under 10 million dollars and yeah. most of them are far more ambitious and better executed than anything Uvable's ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're direct to video like films. They're not cinematic experiences they can put in theaters and whatnot. Point point I'm trying to make here is 25 million dollars in today's money can buy you John Wick. That's exactly it what I was buy- googling as you yeah. said it can that. Buy you- it can buy you Atomic Blonde. Wow. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So a lot can be Damn. done with with this amount of money, and this like when you factor that in, it's like ah, this this the money doesn't quite add up here. No. It's like no. where did the money go? <laughs> I wonder. Someone's pocket. Yeah. Did Did you see in how much this pocket. made in the U.S. box office? You want to share it with us? <laughs> Yes, I really, really do, Trevor. <laughs> Go for it. One point six million. That is oh, it. Oh fuck! <laughs> On a oh, twenty-five shit. million budget. Uh, and you gotta double it for marketing. So, uh, wow! I got, I got goosebumps. <laughs> That's incredible. Like I don't even think Torque did that bad, and Torque. Torque is a movie. I don't know if either of you guys listened to our episode on Torque a couple I weeks listened back, to it, but, but I, had, I haven't watched the film. <laughs> oh, you, you got to find a way, uh, okay. Harrison. Def, definitely look into it because that that movie. I was like, 
this is shit, but this is my brand of shit. <laughs> this is good <laughs> shit. <laughs> this is some of that good shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, $25 million can can give you quite a lot. And and this is not a good uh, signifier of, of like the best of $25 million. But mm. anyway, uh, we're introduced to the Will Patterson character. And basically... About 80% of his screen time consists of him having audiences with Ben Kingsley. And these are not conversations. These are like one-sentence exchanges back and forth. And I'm pretty sure they filmed all of his scenes with Ben Kingsley in an afternoon. Not even a day. Like, just a part of the day. Um, Because it's just him standing in front of a throne and Ben Kingsley not emoting and saying, A line. And then we gotta go. Yeah. Yeah, he just says, oh, that's cool. Get out of here. <laughs> and it's just over and over and over again. It's this pattern that persists throughout the entirety of the film. I can imagine it's the assistant director being like, you know, like just taking his headphones out to go to Yuri Ball. You want to take another set? Oh, oh no, 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 he's, no, he's packed up. <laughs> and he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> want to take another four one. hours ago. We started two hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he he reports an incident at the carnival, mm. and us the viewer are like, like I mean I mean I know a girl got cut, but she got better. Like, like yeah, what incident fine. are we talking about? I didn't see anything. Um, and Ben Kingsley's like, cool, go check it out, goon. And then we cut, and then we cut to Blood Rain in the woods, and she's covered in blood, and she's moaning and shit because Uva Bowl's directing this film, and he's probably <laughs> insisting on that as well as requesting for less articles of clothing for the female cast member. Mm-hmm. He didn't get his wish, although we do get some full frontal at some point. And then for whatever reason, the way we structured our edit here is we get a flashback of what of the incident that was mentioned not 20 seconds ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, could we not just show it linearly? <laughs> I don't know what we're doing, but we get a flashback of the incident at the carnival. And it's basically Blood Rain... Uh, is jumped by TJ Storm. He's drunk and wants to get some of that. Mm-hmm. And she bites his, she tears his throat out. So Godzilla King of the Monsters goes down in the first 10 minutes of the movie. And I'm like, well, fuck, why am I watching this? I mean, it was a nice <laughs> touch in the edit to add the Godzilla scream as he died. I mean, if I was directing <laughs> this, I would have done that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I will point out there is a juicy knuckle sandwich in the sequence where basically mm-hmm. blood rain is going berserker rage on the carnival and some dude just like runs up on her and she just slugs him in the fucking nose <laughs> and just like this this gout of of, yeah. of spit flies up into the air it's like pretty sure Cristana Logan just laid that too down <laughs> maybe he was like an over enthusiastic aide or something like he probably wasn't maybe. supposed to be in the scene and she was yeah. like I don't know you but you gotta go down <laughs> um, she kills the ringmaster and uh, by the way the way they shot the, the blood spraying up from the like up into the lens from the, when the ringmaster is disemboweled as I saw there's a dude laying on his back with like a, a pressurized tube that just like hits yeah, the plunger <laughs> upward it's like stuff like that is kind of charming actually because it's mm-hmm. like it's a it's a no budget effect shot that actually look it actually sells very well on camera yeah, um, yeah anyway she she kills everyone in the carnival and then hard cut to morning and we ride and we get like riding montage one of five maybe in this movie yes because yes. This, this movie is not quite an hour and a half long and 
Uva Bull has definitely seen a Lord of the Rings film because we get many a copter mm-hmm. shot of of people riding horses uh, with like fade fading shots like That's transitioning where the over went. each other. Helicopters. Yeah. Do you want to do a couple of helicopter <laughs> shots? Yeah, yeah, we I, did get a couple of helicopters. Uh, now that you mentioned. <laughs> I, I did want to point that out that four years before this film came out, we were watching Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. Like, let that set in, <laughs> listeners, just for a second. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Some incredible things were done in the world of cinema uh, very shortly before this film came out. Yeah. I mean, the Matrix trilogy had already wrapped, or the Rings trilogy, oh, I think, yeah. would would wrap maybe the year after. Year I after, forget. I think, was, yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. I could be wrong. Kyle mm-hmm. is the, he's the Tolkien expert in the room. Yeah. He's not here. So, um, <laughs> That's a that's a project he's been teasing me about forever. Actually, he's oh, like, yeah. we are doing we are doing Lord do of it. the Rings. I'm like, that that's quite a thing to do, Kyle. I mean, <laughs> is he going to be here for that one, or is he going to take another day? <laughs> <laughs> yes, he'll be here for that. Airs. <laughs> that's a long solo um, episode to do, Trevor. That's all I'm saying. Oh, Lord My of the God, Rings, I, famously yeah. another video game tie-in. Uh, yes. <laughs> I could do that. Just talk about the the two towers, like GameCube game. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah so you asked good. for a War of the Rings yeah. review, you got it. So good. <laughs> they, those were such good games. They were. Yeah, they were. they're very fun on co-op. You mm. know, just fun basic brawlers, very exactly. well put together. Um, really happy that that particular genre has seen a little bit of a resurgence in recent years, because mm-hmm. that's like in my childhood, that was always my favorite genre of game, just the side-scrolling beat 'em ups. Really excited for that new Ninja Turtles one, the yes. Shredder's Revenge. Mm-hmm. That looks fantastic. Um, anyway, back to Blood Rain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Michael Madsen, uh, ride, he rides with the the Brimstone crew to the carnival, um, and we see that all the performers are still alive. It's just kind of like the the goons and the handlers who are all dead, and uh, they very promptly just start lopping heads off and burning corpses. Because it's never explained, but you can surmise that, like, ah, like, I guess that's what you have to do to prevent uh, bite victims of vampires from turning. Mm -hmm. You have to depacitate them, if you will. Depacitate them and then burn the corpses. It's the only way. It's the only way to be sure. Uh, We did not have a nuclear option back then. Um, (laughs) And we find that uh, uh, amazing Amanda uh, was bit by blood rain. It's actually kind of hilarious because we cut back to the the rampage sequence and Amanda comes out from behind this wagon. She's carrying her sword, her quote swords. And she's like, Rain, I want to give you these. And then Rain's just like, bitch, come here. <laughs> she just bites her on the neck without a word exchange. It's like, yeah. I loved you. It's like, oh, well, now you're dead. Um, anyway, Michelle Rodriguez uh, kills Amanda uh, while, like, while she's in the midst of pleading for Rain's mercy. Yeah, it's quite a funny scene. She just like walks from off screen and just it's like straight in the stomach. And sit. I was like, whoa. Well, I mean, it's it's practically like a hey, what's that over there? <laughs> Got ya. Um, then we cut to Billy Zane, who has a really lovely scene where he's like he's dictating a letter to a scribe, mm. and this you could tell this was all improvised. He knew a couple of key points he had to hit very obviously, yeah. but any of the words in between, he's just kind of like bebopped and scatting all the way through yeah. it. <laughs> And he is having fun. Like, you can tell he is having fun. Like, he just, is, like, yeah. creating a scene on the fly. I actually kind of enjoyed it. I guess he's writing a letter to his daughter, 
Michelle Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Uh, never will the two be on screen together because Billy Zane's scenes were clearly filmed after the fact or before the fact. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and we see that he has some uh, puncture wounds on his neck. So he he a vampire. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, It's so clumsy how they show you that as well. There's no yeah. like subtle reveal. He literally turns his head for no reason and then it What's zooms. <laughs> it just hard cuts to his neck. It's like, oh, this must this character's new. Bam, vampire. And then it zooms back out and that's it. <laughs> that's well, all I the mean, explanation. That's like one of the most like defining aspects of of Uva Bull's style from what I can tell is is that it that's just it the shit. The the well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, aside from that, I mean, you can smell the film. It, it's it, it was shot in smell a vision, yeah. but it has to do with the pace. Mm-hmm. That it the movie is always it's always fucking rolling. Like like we we very seldom have scenes where we sit down and actually conduct a scene. It's just kind of yeah. like character bamfs in, says a couple of lines of exposition to push the plot forward cut to whatever montage or whatever traveling footage we have cut to action see it's it just keeps fucking bouncing around like it it has no time or or focus for anything that's happening which shows a lot of the apathy on the part of the director where it's like even he can't be bothered to care about his own film except when people are being depacketated which i guess Mm -hmm. is something uh, that that you can actually compliment the film on that yes Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Deep> bodied. <laughs> yeah, we we do get a lot of that, and I did appreciate yeah. that. I mean, you um, you but, are your head, really, aren't you? So you get debodied opposed to beheaded. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's not wrong, Trevor. He's right. Jordan's right. <laughs> Jordan's a man of science. I like it. He yes, is. <laughs> <laughs> he did a science once. I've got proof. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Blood Rain uh, is one. She's traipsing around in the in the moonlight, and she comes across a wagon where. Like I said, we cannot go five feet without running into a fucking vampire. And oh, uh, there's a couple of vampires attacking a wagon. And she kills them. Yep. End scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's kind of it. Yeah. Like, there's no fight choreography. It's just kind of like she just rolls mm-hmm. up on them and they dead. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, first, first lines uttered by our leading actress in the film, by the way. Very important when you have a character of few words mm-hmm. i will not harm you i only wish to kill vampires scene <laughs> and like, scene. <laughs> that's it it's like wow wow that is some charisma Ignore right my there. friend that i did kill before though and those people that weren't vampires however from now on i shall nay be killing vamp- people mm-hmm. yeah all of the characterization happens off screen in this film <laughs> like like it's just like fill in the gaps like like you fucking figure it out that's that's Uvable's th- that's this, his thesis this sounds like a whole bunch of your problem viewer <laughs> moving on i mean if you've ever seen interviews with the man that is his attitude where it's mm. like if you're too fucking slow to figure it out then that's your problem <laughs> it's, like, it's like jesus such is the cinematic genius of one Uva Bull. Um, but we we head into town. Blood Rain can sense vampires because uh, they do the thing where their their eyebrows go all Mr. T. Like they yeah. get pronounced brow ridges. That's how you can tell they're vampires. They go, mm. <laughs> and uh, both both women and men. This uh, this town is fucking crawling with vampires. 
And then uh, because we got to sell DVDs, uh, we we tease a lesbian kiss, which turns into a uh, blood suck. Um, yes. Basically, yeah. It does. <laughs> I just, just want to say she that She just, that like, girl... motions them over, don't they? Doesn't she? Yeah, She's just yeah. like, come here, come here. I've got a secret for you. And then... I just... I just want Death. a bit of lesbo, and then like, they're just straight on each other. She, she like, she barely makes eye tongue, eye, eye tongue contact, eye contact with this girl, <laughs> and this girl is just like, I am ready to burn down. She's like, yeah. she's straight on there. Yeah, no, it, it is as simple as that. She mm-hmm. just does a come hither, and then bam, we're biting, we're biting people's necks. And so uh, that's she, the point uh, I got to before. See, I don't remember any of the start. I, this is where it started for me. Um, <laughs> why did, why did, why does she feed on vampires? I was so confused. I don't by know. That. It's a very good it's question, ne- Harrison. Moving on. It's never explained. <laughs> well, um, you've got questions. We're moving on. Like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I think Walt doesn't have time to answer them. I think that's where I. So I, it's so inconsistent. This movie did not have my full attention, like I said before. Mm-hmm. I stopped. I, I started watching it, and then I took a break for twenty-four hours. It's seventeen minutes in. So I was like, I a can't do this. And then choice, just fucking really. moved on. Yeah, a fine year, <laughs> and then just mm. fucking came back to it next day. Like, I can't. Yeah, I, I want to say that this movie is probably it's probably a good idea to either have some Legos handy or <laughs> have a, a a setup where you can come come and go as you please. <laughs> like this is not something I would encourage people to sit down and watch straight. You could really hurt yourself. Mm. Um, but yeah, she drains the blood of this this lady vampire. And then uh, there's a weird, weird insert shot here where a bunch of thieves loot the dead vampire lady like seconds after she hits the floor. Yeah. So I don't know if this is like social commentary on Uva Bull's part or something. It was something. kind of funny, to be fair. It so is kind of you funny. You think they're going to go help her? Oh my God, is she okay? And like raise the alarm, but now they just jack a shit and leave. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then she is psychically drawn to Charlie Chaplin's daughter. <laughs> um basically Aren't she shoots her a look and she she like sp- through telepathy speaks directly mm-hmm. into her brain and says come here lady um and then uh she is told by charlie chaplin's daughter that she is a daywalker a dumb dumb fear dumb i think fear, is how yeah. they pronounce it it's one of those words that you see it written down but you very seldom hear it spoken yeah so like i've heard it pronounced d- dumb peer but in this they say dumb fear uh, basically, it means daywalker. She's a blade. Yeah, she's half and half, right? Yeah. Yeah. She's she's half human. Half. Uh, either of you uh, familiar with Vampire Hunter D? <laughs> I, I, I know of Vampire Hunter D. I've not, I think I've watched a, f- a little bit of it. I've not watched much. Yeah, uh, we actually did a, a, a ill-advised review of uh, Vampire Hunter D uh, colon Bloodlust, which mm-hmm. uh, is a fantastically animated film. Uh, in terms of its narrative value... Uh, there's there's very little to be found there, uh, but in terms of aesthetics and quality of, of hand-drawn animation, it's pretty incredible, if you ask me. Okay. Um, I had Kyle review that one with me, and uh, I don't think I'm allowed to suggest Anime August anymore. Oh, no like, way. I, I, think, I, think, I think he put the kibosh on Anime August. He's just like, I cannot do this shit anymore. <laughs> Um, but if you're, if you're at all a fan of hand-drawn animation and want to mm. see some quality shit... Uh, highly encourage uh, a viewing of Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust. Uh, but yeah, a long story short, uh, Blood Rain is a daywalker. She's a blade. And uh, Kagan is the name of our villain, of our Ben Kingsley. And uh, Char- I mean, you're hearing it from Charlie Chaplin's daughter, so you want to take her word for it, but she's yeah, just true. like, he's the most powerful vampire. It's like, 
well, what does that mean? She's like, I don't have time to tell you. <laughs> Just take my word for it. You've had all the exposition I can muster. You've got to move on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's what it is. She's yeah. like, he's the most powerful vampire. And the reason why I'm drawing attention to that is that the vampires in this film are not very vampire-y. Mm. It's like vampires are yeah. one of those things that like, I'm, I'm not super into vampires and shit. Like a lot of people are though. And there's a lot of lore and a lot of mythology built up around vampires. And they, a lot of it is centered around, like, weaknesses and tendencies and strengths and stuff. Yeah. And this movie, the vampires, all they do is talk about things they're weak to. They, they do not hint at all about any potential pluses that come out of being a vampire. They're very pessimistic. Like, the vampires in this don't even seem all that physically strong, honestly. No. <laughs> like, it, it's kind of lame. Like, like you know, it... In other iterations of vampires, you've seen that they can turn into, like, mist or wolves or bats. <laughs> and they're crazy fucking strong. And, and they, fast they, and they can, like, hypnotize high. people. And they're fucking yeah. fast. And they yeah. occasionally they're shiny. Like, they do <laughs> other things is what I'm getting at. In this movie, they're just kind of like they drink blood. And they're weak to a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. That's it. They can't <laughs> take like... baths. It seems to be their only <laughs> their issue here. <laughs> So when she says he's the most powerful vampire, <laughs> she, she's weak to, she's allergic to water. Like, yeah, that's, that's her it. power. <laughs> that's, that's it. Her power. She's allergic to water. That is her entire deal. Yeah, she, that's her power. That's her mm-hmm. mutant power. Is that she is weak to water and she can heal if she drinks blood. Blood is mostly water. I just want to point that out. <laughs> She drinks blood and dies. It's like, oh. I'm healing, but now I'm dead. <laughs> this didn't work out the way I hoped it would. This is some Hellraiser bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how dare you drag your science into our, our blood rain fantasy. <laughs> I'm sorry. But yeah, anyway, Kagan is badass. Just mm. keep that in mind. He's the most powerful vampire. It's like, Great okay. Week. And we're introduced... <laughs> we're introduced to the uh, artifacts... Uh, Blood Rain is told about an eyeball that apparently will gain her an audience with Kagan. I don't know what... We don't really know what that means yet, but she's like, find, find the eyeball. She's like, why? It's because it's important. And uh, she's like, why are you telling me this? And I, I noted a line here that felt like maybe an, like a wink and a nudge from the actress, so Charlie Chaplin's daughter. So Blood Rain asks her, why are you telling me this? And her response is, because it's my purpose. And it's like, in, from a screenwriting standpoint, you're absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it is your purpose to forward this information, to convey this information to the viewer so the movie can move on. Very and I was meta. like, eh. I like it. <laughs> that felt like maybe something that went over Uwe Boll's head in the editing room or something, mm. but I appreciate it being here. He was not in that editing room. Do not no. give him that much credit. Anyway, we have another scene with Kagan. He is updated and he sends goons to go kill Blood Rain. Hard cut to a riding montage uh, of people riding on horseback. And uh, Blood Rain arrives at the monastery where the eyeball is apparently kept. Uh, And Mm -hmm. when she gets to the door, I I don't know if either of you have experienced this. This might be an American thing. But uh, occasionally you get, like, people going door to door selling things. And a lot Mm -hmm. of times they have, like, a a pre-prepared, like, like spiel that they give you. And, And basically she knocks on the monastery door and she's like, Hello, my name is Rain. I am a recovering drug addict. I am hoping to get back on my feet, and with your assistance of contribution of $5 or more, I can 
get better and get back on my feet and no longer be on the drugs. Would you be so kind to donate today? <laughs> it's like, have you been doing this up and down the street all day? Every monastery. <laughs> yeah. And like, that's what she sounds like. That's what her a, delivery is. I am is. allergic to water. I sucked my friend. <laughs> yeah, so, hello, my name is Rain. I have been on the road for three days and I would like a place to stay. Would you be so kind to let me into your monastery? And he's like, like halfway through, he's just like, like you got to go. <laughs> Oh. Uh, it's just just the cadence i was like yeah it's not i good. have answered that doorbell i have <laughs> answered this exact door like so many times in my life um but yeah they let her in and uh udo kier is here because mm. of course like no fucking duh of course udo kier is on the set of a uva bowl film that's just what you do yeah uh put those two together they give you magic um and she uh she goes snooping uh, in like the catacombs or some shit, as represented mm-hmm. by a single room with some pillars in it, because yep. we had we had money, but we had to make sure that the money hung around and got to our pockets rather than on the screen. Yeah. Uh, so it it's a kind of a small set, but uh, she has a fight with a melty man. I like this bit. Jordan's <laughs> yeah, got a question. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is with the melty man? I don't know. He also had gross fingernails. They were really long. Yeah. Why is there an ogre guy? Because it turned into Dark Souls all of a sudden. He might be from the games, if I had I, to guess. It felt like it was supposed to be a very game reference. Even down to the yeah. fact of his giant weapon, he had some like, giant hammer thing. Yes. And that was what made me like, oh, it's Dark Souls, because she's like rolling around it and that kind of thing. Um, you need to have the health bar show up at the bottom. Yeah, <laughs> oh, and then, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but what? Surely... They've explained the thing that she is allergic to water, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Why have they not explained the giant ogre dude? Why there's a, a, a melty man sleeping in the basement of the me- monastery? Yes. <laughs> and why does he have the key to open the thing? And then why does she know there's a thing that she needs a key for? And yeah. Yeah. And I- why does when why when she gets the eye, she hangs upside down? holds it, that eye becomes her eye and that makes the water go away. And also, when her foot is in the water, she is wearing boots. And why do the boots also burn from the water? (laughs) (laughs) Jordan, you have so many questions. (laughs) You have so many questions Mm -hmm. and I have not one answer for you. (laughs) Moving on! Uva Bowl just crashes the podcast. He's like, you guys got to pick up the pace. Get going. This could genuinely be an interview. Like, you could be pretending to be the director, and this mm-hmm. would be as much information as we'd actually get from him. Yeah. This is exactly the same thing. Of like, why'd this happen? I don't fucking know. Next scene. You know, I'd actually be really curious to look into, like, seeing if there's an interview structure like that, because... I've seen interviews with him, but they're very softball. Like they're very like mm-hmm. they're wearing kid kid gloves and they're kind of like pacing around, getting into like details. Um, he's very personable for the most part, but I've never seen anyone confront him about like the the minutia yeah. <laughs> of the construction of his films, like shot like shot arrangement and like arrangement of plot details and stuff. Like I don't I don't think he'd have any answers for you. I don't know if he'd get frustrated, but I think it would be absolutely <laughs> hilarious if he did. I feel like mm. Kelly from The Office when she's just like, I have a bunch of questions. Number one, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, mind you, this is the same man who challenged his critics to a boxing uh, contest. Uh, did are oh. either of you aware of this? No. Yeah, I remember I'm hearing surprised. Did, did this? Uh, did it go? Did it go ahead? Please say it went ahead. <laughs> yes, it absolutely really? happened. It was. Oh, really? Yeah, it's kind. Of, it's kind of funny that we have our our Paul brothers, our our Logan and was, whatever the. Fuck. I was going to say Jake. this is very reminiscent of that. Well, but that's what's interesting is that that they're high. They're incredibly successful with that right now like say what you will about them they're incredibly good business people and they're very good about drumming up interest in their sideshow bullshit but yeah <laughs> years prior to this uvable was doing this with film critics and it, it literally happened I'm, I'm shocked actually that the two of you aren't aware of this i mean no. the no. grief burrito boys not aware of the uvable boxing situation i <laughs> I need to put a reminder in my calendar. Carry on. There's a yeah. there's a documentary, a, a separate documentary. Multiple documentaries <laughs> have been made about Uva Bull. Uh, it, it's called Raging Bull, spelt B-O-L-L. Oh, that is so me? good. It is. And it's well uh, it's exclusively about the, the contest. And basically, he called out, I think, four different film critics, uh, the people who had given the worst reviews to his films, and... Ask that they fly out to Vancouver, get in an actual boxing ring uh, in front of a live audience, and uh, they had an amateur boxing contest where they were wearing headgear and he was not, and only one of them actually had any fighting experience as an amateur boxer. Okay. Bull, however, has e extensive experience as an amateur boxer. He's been training most of his life, probably not fighting, but he has been training, mm -hmm. so he's been hit in the face a few times, and that's... That makes all the difference in the world when it comes to that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, he he completely trounced all of them. And uh, uh -huh. there's a really famous photo, really famous air quotes, photo of one of them, uh, one of the critics uh, vomiting on the side of the road uh, while wearing an air, like an oxygen mask after the contest. And Whoa. I think it, it was in Wired magazine. And it's just it's just this massive pile of puke in the street oh, and this guy just lying in shambles on the sidewalk wearing an oxygen mask after he got his ass kicked in front of a live audience um, a lot of people thought of it as disgraceful um, it, mm -hmm. it and it kind of is like like knowing that you're the only person who has any fighting experience and calling out a bunch of let's call it as it is nerds on the internet yep. <laughs> to throw hands with you like that's kind of that's kind of mean I mean it's, it's kind of a, a gut check to their ego to like put up or shut up kind of mm -hmm. so they got drawn into it they got their asses kicked um a lot of people like really shat on uva bull for doing that just because it is it's it's not a good look um but it is a thing that happened um and i believe it was like 2010s 2012 around there i bet he's really uh, looks like Jordan's a little bit on his right next now. few films though <laughs> <laughs> this is i did <laughs> do you want the uh <laughs> I don't even it's just even the fucking description of, of the documentary sounds like a horrific movie that he's really kind of doing <laughs> bull the world's worst filmmaker embarks on a quest to conquer Hollywood and take vengeance on his critics the documentary follows the controversial director who loves to be despised for three years yeah <laughs> that, that is what it is um that I do think it is hyperbolic to call him the worst filmmaker. Oh, yeah. That is a, thi yeah. That is a yeah, thing is. that's been tossed around many times over the years. Like, I, I would push it back against that. Um, mm -hmm. In fact, like, one of the producers that I think worked on this film went on record saying, like, it's like, shit, I, I can think of other filmmakers 
and other films that I have financed, like like no, was... that are in my my body of work that have nothing to do with Uva Bowl. Like he is most certainly not the worst filmmaker. He's not good, no. um, but <laughs> and he's consistently not good. Um, but no, I I own far worse movies than anything he's made. Bone oh, yeah. sickness. I'm looking at you. Bone um, sickness. But I'm I'm so glad I, I had the opportunity to uh, inform you about yeah. the Uva Bowl boxing situation because I am my I am mind. completely yeah. I am shocked you guys didn't know about that. I, okay. I would have thought that was like something you guys would have been like in the know about but i, I don't know i was honestly man. not aware of this man until the other day so I, oh i'm sorry jordan <laughs> yeah that's okay that's life. okay yeah this is the end this is the final day of my like week off work as well so right at the end you've like hit it like yeah you just demolished that week <laughs> you're like you have some good things that happen and then one mm. bad thing just demolishes those good things that's this <laughs> Back to work tomorrow. Thanks, Trevor. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I am so fucking sorry. But, you know, I thank you guys for showing up, though. I really do appreciate <laughs> it. <okay. laughs> we can all suffer together. We can, we can now, now we can be like old war veterans and just give each other nods. Like, yeah, blood, shed rain, trauma. blood rain. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we can share in the trauma. <laughs> um, but, yeah, everything that Harrison said and Jordan said about the scene, uh, that all happens. Uh she goes into a trap chamber. Well, by the way, the Melty Man gets his head exploded uh, with that, a mace. It's not that bad. That was cool. Yeah. That was cool. Uh, he gets hit in the nuts first, because in my notes it yeah. says, nut shot, head smash, shit, and then the music goes, biddly bip. <laughs> <laughs> and that is word for word in my notes. <laughs> yeah, Harrison, um, let's take a moment to talk about music, because I, I okay. know you have a musical background. Jordan, I actually don't know if you do, but um, for, feel free to share any thoughts you have. <laughs> He's shaking his head no. I am so. video <laughs> games and video games only, my dude. Okay, okay. Well, Harrison, uh, thoughts on the score for this movie? Because I, I don't have a, a musically educated ear, but I, mm-hmm. I do have, I want to say, a pretty good ear for, for picking up on melodies and arrangements and things like that. And I noticed some quirks in the soundtrack that were just maddening (laughs) it was weird and unusual i think is the best way to describe it there was nothing about it sticks in my head as being memorable it just kind of disjointed and like strange little it felt like someone was trying to write the music over to the top of a really badly edited film (laughs) and they're just like oh it's got to end okay um uh, yeah (laughs) that was just how it ends it's the scenes oh, are not shit. long enough to have music, is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, you can't do like full bars or meters. It's very strange. Yeah, you're, there's no like rise and fall. No, like, there's 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 no rhythm to the edit of or the scene construction. So I, I you're I think you're absolutely dead on with that. But holy shit, I just got a a sense memory of a uh, oh, yeah. Michael Michael Bay's The Rock. Um, okay. Do do either of you I, know I that film? Seen or have you I seen know it? the film. But again, I haven't seen. I'm it. aware. Well, yeah. get on it, both of you. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's it's arguably one of his, if not his best movies. Okay. Uh, funny enough, uh, that ambulance movie that came out very recently. Apparently, it's very very good. But anyway, uh, Michael Bay's The Rock has uh, the soundtrack that it's it's really bombastic. It's very mid nineties. Um, I think it's like, uh, it's like Nikki Glenn Smith and. It's okay. it's basically Hans Hans Zimmer's crew of people, but I don't think it's him specifically. It's like Harry Gregson Williams and Nikki Glennie Smith. Um, 
anyway, there's this Humvee chase uh, midway through the movie mm-hmm. where the score, like if you listen to the track in isolation, uh, it, it's just like whiplash. It's just like freaking <laughs> the fuck out because the way that sequence is edited is that. Or it's just like it's just like we cannot focus on any fucking thing for for more than two seconds. I wish the and the composer's just like, good fucking god! It's like I need to bring in more people. Hans, call in all of your boys. Everybody. <laughs> Everybody in the pool. And Trevor was whipping around like a wacky inflatable arm flailing tube man. Just like. uh, um, anyway, uh, yeah, the the music, uh, the score for this film is it's it's a fart in the wind. It, it's. Yeah. It's barely noticeable, and when it is drawing attention to itself, it's it's obnoxious. Because like, if you've mm-hmm. ever heard the expression "plunking" on a piano, yeah, that's literally what they're doing. It's just like somebody's just like taking one hand and going plunk, plunk, plunk. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's like all sorts of weird ethereal chimes and stuff to make it sound like period appropriate or something. Yeah, it, it's it's a I mess. Would know, I'd like to know if anyone. Who had played the games took any of the game music from this you know any like um melodies or light motifs that have been used i i well for people who haven't played the game i didn't take anything away from it really i don't know a fucking thing about blood rain the games but <laughs> um anyway we get an audience with udo kier by the way she escapes the trap room she has the eyeball now yep and uh udo kier is here to dump exposition like every other big name actor in this film and he tells her about the eye, the rib, and the heart. And uh, in order, these uh, provide cures for water, sunlight, and and the cross. Um, it's not none of these characteristics are directly attached to any of these artifacts. Um, but basically, uh, all these items do are provide remedies for weaknesses. They don't yeah. empower anyone. All all they do is make it so a vampire can like. Go outside and go Be to less church of a shit and go swimming. Yeah, it makes them less bad. Yeah, yeah it makes them less bad. <laughs> so, why, if that's the requirement to be the strongest vampire, they're just a worse human. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. why aren't just normal humans? Why aren't they just fucking running shit instead of a vampire becoming like the head of the world? Yeah, that's what I. That's what has been puzzling me this whole discussion is like what what makes these vampires at all exceptional because they seem extraordinarily lame <laughs> like, yeah they yeah. just seem like people with allergies really if you really bad to allergies. Overthrow the vampire like the the main bad guy just take a bucket of water mm. that is it that's all you need that's all you need it's all you need according to the german guy with the crazy eyes he has thwalls so you've got to be careful Yes, he has. He has thralls. Um, he, he's trying. He's trying to say thralls, folks. Yes. Wow, yeah, mocking yeah. a guy's mocking a guy's speech Th- impediment. It, it's Jesus. Udo Kier. Whoa, he he on. knows. <laughs> it, no, it's Udo Kier. He has a sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He really, really does. Um, he's a he's a fascinating guy. And yeah. yes, he does have crazy eyes. He does have crazy <laughs> eyes. <laughs> Never mind his voice. His eyes. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was born a vampire. It's like yes, we know Udo. I believe you. <laughs> I believe you one hundred percent. But then we get what I would call the coolest sequence, like the best yes. sequence in the I whole agree. movie, and that would be the monastery attack. So, uh, mm-hmm. because we can't hang around for very long, after like immediately after Blood Rain is told about these three items, uh, one of which she has, by the way. Uh, the monastery is attacked by the thralls, 
Um, yes. One of which has the the goon with the the shitty haircut, Uvable's uh, yes. buddy, and uh, my God, uh, the gore effects in this sequence are actually downright spectacular. Oh yes, uh, this is just this is a just a exhibition of cool gore effects and little else, honestly. Mm-hmm. But I kind of dig it. <laughs> Can I tell you what I, my notes says? This scene is called. By all means, uh, bonk bonk monks. <laughs> <laughs> because there is a sound effect that is used about 50 times and it's just the same bonk 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 over and over again and then the an angry man grabs the german guy which is what's his name the guy with the crazy eyes udo kier udo kier and then nothing happens he just grabs onto him and they look at each other <laughs> yeah. and then it cuts <laughs> And then there is a great, great gory moment where a man gets stabbed in the eye with a blade from the side. It's pretty I, great. I was like, whoa, that was cool. That was badass. Yeah, actually, I, I appreciate a lot of this. Like, mm-hmm. in my notes read, uh, face stabs, depacketations. <laughs> Michael Madsen is here too? Question mark? Yeah, <laughs> mouth running tentatively. Stab. Yeah, he always runs so tentatively with his sword. He's like... <laughs> he just... Yeah, he's, yeah he's got his he's got his duster and his big old wig and he's yeah. like i hate to say it like um he looks incredibly uncomfortable holding his sword yeah he like, looks like he doesn't you can tell it's it. a lot lighter than it looks so he's just yeah. kind of like doing some like wrist action with it <laughs> yeah, and he's, he's just, just like, like uh. <laughs> well he looks like again uh, man i hate being the old guy in the room but like have either of you seen lethal weapon yes Okay, thank thank fucking God. Uh, so Jordan hasn't. Danny Glo- I saw that, Jordan. <laughs> You're not off the hook. <laughs> You're being judged right now. Yeah, Get on fine. that shit. Uh, well, we talked before. You haven't seen movies. It's, yeah, I have it's not. Fine. That, is my, that is my one thing. <laughs> That's fine. Like, I'm only teasing. Don't take it um, away from me. <laughs> that's my one week that's your vampire weakness i do, i haven't seen the movies blah movies blah, blah movies <laughs> one sorry, movie ah, ah, i have seen one movie yes. i have seen one one movie ah, ah, ah. Uh. <laughs> it is blood rain <laughs> uh, uh, it starts crying if this is what movies are like, I don't want to see any more of them. <laughs> uh, anyway, Lethal Weapon. The way Danny Glover holds his gun in those mm. movies is, is also an example of an actor just not being comfortable with the prop that you're putting in his hands. He just looks like he's like, just as long as it's nowhere near my face, I'm, I'm comfortable. Yeah. He's always like, he can't decide if he's going to have it up here or between his legs. He's just like doing it all over the place. It, it's It's always been weird to me. He made four of those movies, and he never got better. No. <laughs> um, but I love I love Danny Glover, and I love Lethal Weapon. Um, anyway, yeah, uh, there's a part where a dude gets cut to ribbons that's absolutely phenomenal. Mm. Uh, he's like it's it's like a Simpsons like stop stop he's already dead moment. Yeah, where it's like it's a monk that's he's on the floor and he's been depacketated and delimbed and they're still just like whacking him in the torso it's like dude <laughs> dude he is chunky tomato sauce he's yes. done <laughs> um, but yeah Udo Kier does get killed uh, it's a really he does it's a really lame death he just kind of gets like poked and then he falls down and then he gets it's, he gets a close up though it's his line it's his line at the end so they basically run him through really slowly don't they and it like zooms in and he, he doesn't really react and then he hits him with a harsh 
You fool. <laughs> and that's it. That is a, that, prank. That, that is a power That happens death. twice. That happens twice in this film where someone mm. walks towards someone with a sword out. Yeah. And that is, kills yeah. them. Twice. And then an actor doesn't react to it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that happens a Should lot. That, we are. can't count that. Yeah. Well, yeah, they just they just no sell it 100%. And then, and then Trevor, you thought they were done. Bonk. And it ends with that sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> just one more for good measure. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> um, by the way, speaking of awesome, Blood Rain, our our heroine, our mm. our dumb fear, our our daywalker vampire lady yes. is is defeated via a single sucker punch. Like she, she is. is decked in the face with, with just an overhand right. Yeah. She's just clocked in the mouth. Yep. And just out like a light. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that that dude's supposed to just be a human too. Mm. It's like, hang on, what now? He was told <laughs> that he should be able to easily defeat a damn fear though. And he was. It, he, oh, really? it was correct. He I was mean, yeah. told that he could easily defeat her and he did. Yeah, I mean, this guy. movie does work by that logic, where it's like if things are said, like we are going to adhere to That's that. That's true. <laughs> it's like we were told, we were told ahead of time this is going to be easy, yeah. and it sure as hell was, because <laughs> he just bop, and she's just out. <laughs> uh. Man, it's incredibly lame, and it just mm-hmm. demonstrates that they, they, the vampires in this are totally just, I don't know, just lame people, basically. <laughs> um, Emphasis on lame. And- literally mm. lame they suck <laughs> um anyway uh michelle rodriguez uh has a moment here where basically the movie is trying to tease that she's gonna have a heel turn at some point uh she notices that like some of the monks i guess at the monastery are part of her order uh the brimstone order i guess yeah. uh ben kingsley eats a girl mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, it's an uncomfortable scene that you can tell he himself was uncomfortable filming. Yes, I was uncomfortable <laughs> where he puts his he puts his arm out for her to help him up, and then she helps him up, and then he immediately does not require her help anymore. Yeah, yeah. This I'm very pretty awkward. sure it's the power move. If I had to guess, Uva Bull probably told her to like get some hand action in there or something, mm-hmm. like grope her or something, and he just like puts his palm. On her flat, on her on collarbone, yeah. just like flat on her collarbone. <laughs> just like the least offensive way of doing as he was instructed. <laughs> and then, yeah, he very promptly uh, turns into a, a frowny faced vampire man and uh, bites her throat. Yep. Cut. <laughs> to writing montage number two or three. Um, and we go to Leonid's lair, and this is where Harrison said Michael Madsen had some incredible exposition. Yep. Absolutely astounding. Leonid's lair. She needs to feed or the sun. <laughs> and then they shoot arrows into two men who are looking directly at where the arrows come from. You just get, and then they just both die. Uh, in daylight, get, by the way. Yeah, and then I've just got in my notes, holy shit, it's Meatloaf. Did not yeah. see that coming. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. It is Meatloaf in a very lame orgy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it says it lots of boobs for basically no reason. And then he touched the nipple. What the fuck? Yep. The bloody nipple rub, yeah. Wiped blood yeah, on it. Yeah. Also, yeah. something to point out, they couldn't afford any extra cast members for this, and it was cheaper to employ Romanian prostitutes. They're all prostitutes. Really? Yep. Well, I've heard that they'll do anything for love, but they won't do <laughs> won't that. Won't do that. 
Ah, uh, missed opportunities. Yeah. Uh, Meatloaf <laughs> shows up in the film like a bat out of hell. He is gone uh, when the morning comes, to be fair. Yeah. yeah. He totally is. Good job, Joy. <laughs> Keep it rolling as as long as you can. But yeah, Meatloaf has a, a really lame orgy that's not even big enough to fill the whole frame. No. Yeah. It's like you can tell they were picturing like a Conan the Barbarian like style, like gigantic yeah. palace of, of nudity and stuff. But it's like, nah, we we could only afford like like a four by three frame. It's a hovel yeah. of porn opposed to a a, a kingdom a, a kingdom of sex. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he does dip his fingers into like a goblet of blood, and then uh, mm-hmm. he, I seriously doubt if he asked if he could do this to, or not. But he does rub it on does a it? on a yep. on a boober. He is having <laughs> the boober. He is having some great <laughs> fun. Like he, you can tell he he's hamming this up, and he loves it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can tell he's he's just making the most of it. He's yeah. not gi- he's not being given a lot of direction. So he's just no, like, no. I'm gonna wear this dumb wig, and I'm gonna have some fun. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna touch boober. You try and stop me. We paid for these <laughs> prostitutes and I'm going to use them. Oh, God. God. Uh, but yeah, we do get a full frontal shot here, uh, probably at the insistence of our director. He's like, if, if we're going to have people who are open to it, we got to include it. In there the is film. a lot of boob, though. There is a um, lot of boob in that scene. In the grand tradition of American cinema, however, I will point out that there is an alternative cut of this film that uh, features more gore uh but both cuts include the full frontal <laughs> so it's like it's like i don't know what we're doing here it's like that normally that's reversed normally yeah. american censors would be very keen on doing away with the nudity and leaving the gore alone but for whatever why he reason the blood on the boob to try and like get it into american cinemas he was like we better put some blood on these tits otherwise the americans aren't going to allow it <laughs> it's like it's essential to the film you can't yeah. cut the sequence yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's the anyway, only page we, all... we did script. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised at Meatloaf all. wipes the uh, buberinos. <laughs> it's right here. It's it's there. He bloods up the whams. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's also a blood orgy going on in the basement, but not a not a cool blood rave like we had in Blade. Nope. And uh, Michael Madsen and Sebastian, uh, Sebastian run through there and just beat some ass and yep. uh, save a dude who... Uh, is never in the movie again going forward. Just a random little detail in there. Uh, and uh, Rain eats Meatloaf's ear. Uh, oh, yes, <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, she bites him on the ear as he's groping her or attempting to. And uh, Michael Madsen lays a fucker out. Like, like again, some savage punches in this film. Yes. Like, I'm pretty sure he just caught this guy clean, like, twice in a row, and they just yeah. left it in the fucking film. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Michael Madsen uses his uh, wrist crossbow gadget to mm-hmm. dispatch Meatloaf um, by breaking some windows in his in his dwelling. Cool special effect. Yeah, Very actually, good. it's not, not half bad. bad. I was in, that was where I was like, okay, that was pretty good. Yeah, the CGI there is not half bad. Mm-hmm. And Jordan's throwing his hand up again. <laughs> Do how do windows work? Because I'm pretty sure windows do let light through even when they're not broken. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> and see. Yeah. If if Bowl was here, he'd be challenging you to a fight right about now. John. Yeah. You want to be careful, <laughs> Jordan? I would get to a podcast boxing match. <laughs> yeah. And I would. Hey, he not did have attend. a podcast at one point. So, did he? You know, oh he God. might be your rival. You never yeah. know. <laughs> was it? Did he talk about a subject and then go? Moving on immediately. He's straight away. <laughs> 
I think his podcast was mostly uh, exclusively centered around him yelling about the kids these days and the movies these days. <laughs> in oh, that order, probably. It, you know, yeah. <laughs> the quality to yeah. stand behind that. <laughs> He, he's a he's a restaurateur these days, by the way. Oh. Uh, he he owns a restaurant in Vancouver, Canada. If the quality uh, of apparently his food it's doing well. is as good as the quality of his films, I'm not going to be dining with him. You know, Here's it's your actually starter. like... Next course, yeah. moving on! <laughs> <Yeah. Just> takes <laughs> it <away>. <laughs> <laughs> Take it away before it does. <laughs> uh, yeah, the documentary made it sound like it was pretty successful, and actually, mm-hmm. I, I'm inclined to believe that because, like I said, his his budgeting and his accounting skills seem to be his strongest suit, mm-hmm. rather than artistic or creative. So, I, like, I could I could see him managing a thing well if he's not involved with the creative or the like the daily function of the thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, we hop on a boat. Yes. <laughs> uh, by the way, we had riding montage number three and or four uh, during this interlude here. But we hop on a boat. Nothing of importance is said. Uh, ben Kingsley is on his throne again. Uh, he is now made aware that uh, Blood Rain has the eye. Hard cut to the Brimstone Society, where yes. our heroes go to train or something. And then cut back to Ben Kingsley. And this time he's talking with my boy Darren Shalavi. And I had to write down everything that Darren Shalavi said in this movie. He says, Master, the talisman has arrived. Yes. Cut. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we just cut back and forth, like, in the space of a minute <laughs> between yep. our heroes, the villain. They are heroes, the villain. Um, and then we have a flashback to uh, Blood Rain's mom reading her a yes. storybook. That's I'm right. not sure if she was supposed to be Jewish here, but I, like there was a certain sound that sounded like could have been Hebrew. But anyway, uh, Ben oh, Kingsley right. just bamps into the room, and uh, he takes a, a big old bite out of out of Blood Rain's mom while she's hiding in like a, a closet or something, and mm-hmm. stabs her. And it thankfully, like there is mention of Ben Kingsley's character raping her mother, thereby yes. giving birth that to Blood Rain. That was a strange Rain. choice of words, that Trevor. But yeah. thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, Blood Rain, uh, thankfully, this movie doesn't we don't include get to see it. A, it doesn't yes. include our rape scene. It's only spoken yeah. about. It's like, thanks. I, I was God. confused when it said that because she goes, he, she, he raped and killed my mother. And then it cuts yes. to the scene and then he just kills her. And I was like, yeah, didn't she just well, say that he raped? But yeah, I get that. Well, it means that she's already been born at that yes. point. So, yeah, yeah. it wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, but I'm I'm just glad that it wasn't in this movie because it's like 100%. this movie is already yeah. crap. I don't need it to be uncomfortable on top of yes. being crappy. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I'm um, pretty and sure then, Ben Kingsley would have shut that down. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And then the the Brimstone Society are now nice to Blood Rain after that. Yeah, they're they they're hesitant for like two minutes, and then they they uh, they just decide to be like, "Hey, let we're cool now." Yeah. Um, but uh, Michelle Rodriguez is kind of the one that's the least uh, cool with her at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a training montage uh, wherein we're doing like sparring sessions with with bladed implements. And uh, we have uh, some moonlight kata. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, Kristana <laughs> Loken, I, I am so fucking sorry <laughs> Like mm. to be tasked with doing kata. With with these, I don't. Again, I the movie calls them swords. They are most certainly not swords. I'm not swords. <laughs> she's yeah. she has to do like cartwheels and like do 
She's supposed to look artful and coordinated with these fucking things. You got a terrible joke there, Jordan. Well, no, the the thing that I'm realizing <laughs> is that why why is Michelle Rodriguez? She she's got an apple while she's watching Rain like do her thing. Mm-hmm. So she cuts a piece of the apple off and then just bites into the apple. <laughs> opposed to using the knife and for some reason that really got me and i just paused like what the fuck <laughs> it's like it have you seen the video of the guy choice. have you seen the guy who catches the fish like it's like a video he catches a fish and then he's like recording it with his phone and then instead of throwing the fish back he throws his phone in the ocean instead yes I've it felt that. like that yeah yeah <laughs> it's just that. like what the fuck <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I, I think it, it could have been very secretly artistic. Like before, she was being so precise with her movements, and then she changed her mind, and she was like, "Fuck this!" You know what I mean? It was like <laughs> it was way artier than you ever thought it was gonna be. It, oh wow! I clearly do not have the artistic mind for this. That's his. Well, yeah, maybe that's maybe it was a thing where she was she was trying to cut it a certain way, and it it mm-hmm. didn't go right, and she was. <laughs> Well, fuck. It's, it's, it's fine. No, no one's <laughs> watching. Anyway. Yeah, nobody's watching. <laughs> yeah. I would like to point out in this training montage, there is a sound effect that is one of the golden eye slap sounds. The whiff like... Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. Do you remember when you don't have a gun equipped? Yeah, slappers only. Slappers only. <laughs> whiffing and whaffing <laughs> through the air. <laughs> yeah. There is a there is lot of, of that sound effect. They use, they use a lot of those sound effects of like things being swung very hard but none of them are swung very hard no no yeah yeah the sound design in this movie is is pretty bare bones like it it, there are sound effects but it's pretty i'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure they just had access to like a library and we're just like we're not going out of our way to to record any additional sounds it's like what Mm -hmm. i have on this hard drive, what I have licensed for going. right now is yeah. what's going in the movie. <laughs> yeah, there's actually an instance in this that I, I made a note on to bring up because a lot of this film is dubbed. Like you can yeah. tell, like a lot of it's been redubbed afterwards. Um, yeah. My note says, "Why has the Marine suddenly gone English?" And this is when um, Rodriguez suddenly has the English voice. Uh, this dialogue is fucking awful. And then, why has one line? been used as the on-camera mic and then back to completely dubbed. The sound quality is like an echoed room for one of Blood Rain's lines when those well, I two are I think I know what you're talking, talking. about. Yeah. When and they're sparring. The That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah I, I'm so Very glad strange. you pointed that out because the, mm-hmm. the dubbing is out of control in this movie and yeah. oftentimes, like, I've always looked to that as like a sign of a maybe a potentially troubled production or a, or a hurried production because there are so many instances of exposition dumps happening when people's backs are to the camera. Yes. Like there, like one of the most pronounced examples that comes to mind is um, around this time, actually. I don't remember verbatim, but like Michael Madsen opens the prison cell with blood and rain in it. And yeah. he's like, I'm deciding to trust you even though nobody else in the room does. And he just has this like, three sentences just like blah, of like <laughs> important plot stuff that he says yeah. when he's conveniently positioned away from the camera as he's standing over her and it, it's so obvious that when they shot it like on the day he just opened the door and stood in front of her and then yeah. after the fact they're like what what do we need to have him record so we can so we can sense. stitch together a narrative <laughs> after the fact yeah um 
it's it's so amazing like filmmaking is so fascinating in that way how Mm -hmm. a lot of times like problems like pinch points are like smoothed out very hastily Mm -hmm. via tech like simple techniques like that yeah just like inserting dubbed lines to to push the plot forward faster Um, and as as we know with uvable speed is of the essence but um anyway blood rain sword breaks in training and i was like (laughs) like like, what the fuck i was like the iconic blood rain sword broke in training wow like it's not clear at the start either it just looks like she broke someone else's sword i was like oh cool oh no that's hers wow wow (laughs) yeah and and it it seems like one of those things that's like if you're going to have a moment like that in your movie, like like if you have iconography like that, like a prop or something that's that potentially your audience could latch onto, when it like breaks or is discarded or something, you're supposed to like make that a moment. But here it's just like <laughs> it just like <laughs> yeah. break, it just kind of breaks, and she's like, "Oh well, that sucked." It's like yeah. okay, and then one of the and then one of the guys goes, "Oh yeah, I know a guy who can help us," and then it's fucking left for like twenty minutes. You yep. don't see any. He's like, "Are we?" I know someone who can fix that. Hardcore next scene. Yeah. Okay. Well, that actually brings up like a, a theory that I had that I, I I can't be bothered to do any more research than I already have, which is probably far more than any human being should. Um, but I was curious about the the prop design and the wardrobe and, okay. and the hair. Uh, so as I mentioned, Kristana Loken's hair color changes a few times throughout the film and her roots start to show, which suggests that maybe those scenes were filmed later in the production. But mm-hmm. on top of that, we have uh, a, a rebuilt prop, which is funny because it's supposed to be like an improved version of the weapon she already has, and it looks far worse. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the version she's using at the end of the film is really... Like it seems like they're going out of their way to not show it on camera because it looks like total crap. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, she also has a wardrobe change around this time in the movie. Yeah. And my theory is that they literally hadn't finished the costume yet. And when they got to this part of shooting, maybe that's when oh. she puts it on because the outfit she's wearing for the first half of the movie is like spirit Halloween store bad. Yes. Like it looks like a Mortal Kombat Annihilation costume. It looks fucking terrible. And then and then the second half of the movie, it's like, oh, that looks like probably what it always should have looked like. But yeah. my theory is if we started shooting without a script, maybe we also start shooting without the wardrobe being finished yet. Maybe. Think about that. God. It's such a weird... It's the swords, though. It's like the swords are meant to be sentimental because they're from mm-hmm. the one person who was nice to her yeah. at yeah. the start of the movie when she was like a slave. Oh, and then... Yeah. They just fucking break, and then she gets a new one later on in the film, when after like a bunch of shit happens, and then it's never mentioned again. She's just got these yeah. inferior swords which have no standing, and then she also gives away the necklace that was from the same person who was friends with her. Yeah, to someone and then else. that's that. <laughs> she's got nothing by the end of the film off of that person who's really significant to her. Yeah, you're you're speaking like someone who actually gives a shit about the the script and about the narrative. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> uh but uh yeah, anyway, Kristana Loken hears voices. Um mm. and we have a really like a really shitty exchange of dialogue here between 
her and the Sebastian character where they're they're doing the the thing where you argue about who's experienced more awful shit in their lifetimes. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, "What do you know of pain? My father is Kagan. My mother was killed before my own eyes." It's like those are statements of fact. Yeah. Are you going to put any sort of personality Emotion. behind it or anything? <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, he's like, yeah, uh, Michael Madsen killed my mom. End scene. <laughs> Moving on. Um, and some shit happens here. Ben Kingsley is seen again. Blood Rain has a nightmare. And she, like, bursts out of her prison cell. And now we get to the scene where Sebastian's just kind of hanging out in the room with his back to her. And she, like, mm-hmm. struts over to him. Like Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> we <gonna> um, fuck. <laughs> I mean, honestly. Okay. <laughs> but she, she like, pushes his back against the prison cell mm-hmm. and, like, goes to bite him. And then he's like, no. And she's like, okay. And then, uh, yeah, we get to some fucking mm-hmm. while yep. standing against a prison cell. The yeah. no, by the way, that you said, it is much more overdubbed, a little tiny, like, they, it was, like, post-fact, just like, no. Yeah, Kristana Loken does, uh, she does show some skin here. Um, mm-hmm. And this is some wild shit because uh, they are standing. I don't know the logistics of what parts of what body, like what parts of nightmare. the body. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. It's a very tall woman, and uh, that man is pressed up against a a rigid steel surface in a dungeon. This is not sanitary. Something's going to get infected. Um, (laughs) And, uh, yeah, she's doing most of the work. Um, And, yeah, she's she's smashing him against that prison. (laughs) All the work. (laughs) He is just just there. He is a slab of meat that's trapped trapped between her and a a steel surface. (laughs) Yeah. Between a Loken and a hard place. Yeah. <laughs> my my notes actually say, oh. oh damn, she fucks in capitals. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it it is it is a scene for sure. And mm-hmm. uh we we don't see a whole lot, but what we see is enough for sure. I had to shut my curtains because <laughs> my, my TV on the wall and I was like, oh my neighbors can see what I'm watching. I had to <laughs> My, my note taking is very sporadic here. So I've got the woman cutting an apple with a knife then taking a bite of it anyway. Why is mm. there a sex scene? Why does Michelle Rodriguez have blue eyes? Those are, those are my three notes in order. See, Jordan, your notes remind me of talking with Kyle about movies because he has a mm. thing that he throws out there every once in a while. That's um, We notice different things. And that, yep. that's why it's fun to talk about movies with people because it's like those are yeah. things that I... Parts of my brain certainly registered, but they didn't put any any sort of weight behind it. But for you, it's like, I can't enjoy this movie without understanding why she ate the apple that way. <laughs> I will not stop bringing that shit up. I'm going to find the director. You should you should reach out to her on Twitter. Like I'm I sure might. she has an account. <laughs> like Michelle I, Rodriguez. I, I will genuinely remind me. I'll tweet her after this. And then I'll say like, in the movie Blood Rain from 2005, do you know why your character had blue eyes? <laughs> or, no, I would focus on the apple. And why <laughs> like, you oh, the apple. apple. Yeah, because okay. that strikes me as an artistic choice on her part, whereas the, the context thing, that may have been like director, producer mandated. After, after this, let's get, let's, let's get something drafted and I'll, I'll do it. I'll take the founder. 
I found her. Oh. Got it. Sweet. Yeah, it's you guys like a, get the hacker that. thing of like, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> uh, so we cut to dinner, and uh, Blood Rain is now wearing her spiffy new leather gear. Uh, mm-hmm. We're running low on food at the Brimstone place. Um, and uh, Rain scares the crap out of Kid by gnashing her teeth, although she does not have her fangs to show him, but she just makes a hissing noise and he yeah. wakes out. Um, Michelle Rodriguez lights, uh, she writes a letter to Billy Zane, her father. Again, they're never on screen together. Mm-hmm. And it's here where it's like really, really obvious that she's going to betray everybody. And uh, we have another scene with uh, my boy, Darren Shalavi and uh, Ben Kingsley. And uh, this is the scene that has the voice over. Um, so Darren Shalavi tells Ben Kingsley, the spoils of Rome, only one brimstone remains. It's like, good good job, Darren. You're not here to be an actor, but you're, you're giving it your best, man. You're, you're here to it, punch so people. And it's like, you're, you're not a good actor, but you're trying, and I love it. Yeah. Um, I, I, um, I had one line in reply to that. They, he held it out, and he was like, the spoils of Rome. And I thought, why does Rome only have six necklaces? <laughs> you can fit it yeah. in, like, a cup. That's it. <laughs> it's like a handful of stuff. It's like, man, you got stiffed. Anyway, Jordan, yeah. what's up? Why, why does he think there's only one brimstone left? There are more, there's more than one brimstone left. We, uh, to be fair, we, the audience, Jordan, were never made aware that there was more than one. <laughs> so, so I, I don't, I don't know. You ask the worst questions. <laughs> <laughs> moving on. <laughs> moving on. So Ben uh, Kingsley. As I said, the, this voiceover is absolutely incredible. His response to all that nonsense about the spoils of Rome is, bring me my thralls. Yeah. Like he's just, just like flat. He has no yeah, expression. Nothing. And then, again, what we were talking about, about dubbed lines, this mm-hmm. is where this the most obvious example of this rears its ugly head. So he says, bring me my thralls, a.k.a. my army. And we have a sequence of him like in his main hall of his castle with like flanked on either side by rows of henchmen or goons and his mouth is not moving Mm. he just kind of walks towards the camera and we probably did one take of that he had no dialogue on the set and then we were done with that scene we got to move on and so i'm guessing uvable was like well we couldn't get sir ben kingsley to say any of his lines on the set so we are going to get him on the fucking phone right fucking now and he's (laughs) going to say all of these lines in one breath and this is all, as far as I know, like I think two sentences. Like okay. it, it, in the way it's the way it's spoken reads mm-hmm. like it's just a series of commas. Like it, this reads like a shopping list. <laughs> so Ben Kingsley says, "The time has come to fulfill your oaths, my loyal thralls." Period. Scour the land, find brimstone and destroy it. Bring the dumb fear to me. Leave no human alive that crosses you. The promise of eternal life awaits those who succeed. Those who fail will find only death done <laughs> like two sentences two breaths that's a wrap on ben. <laughs> and that's it for ben <laughs> moving on <laughs> moving on so uh this is where we have the scene where uh michelle rodriguez and yep. uh christana loken have their spar and uh this is where they have the the thing that the they dialogue. do in sh- in movies where they clash swords and say things yeah it's supposed to be like people like sniping each other verbally while they're I hate this so much. It's like, the worst. 
I hate this so much. I nearly <laughs> turned this off and didn't come on this episode at this point. <laughs> Scenes like this just grind my gears because, mm-hmm. like I said, like fight choreography and stunt work and stuff in movies is some of my favorite stuff. And to see mm-hmm. it, bu- the craft, the craft, the craft butchered like this, where it's just like you're literally just like ting, 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 say some stuff, ting, ting, yeah. ting, ting, say some stuff. It's, it, it's, to be honest, it's not the worst sequence in terms of its movement and staging, mm-hmm. but the words being passed between these two actresses, is, it's just drivel. It's garbage. Um, and this is where Harrison pointed out the the sequence where the in-the-room echoey audio can be heard, yeah. like in between dubbed lines. like it, mm-hmm. It's just like inserted in there. I, I don't know what the fuck... I don't know how much has to go wrong for something like that to be in the end know. product. Because they, they dubbed everything else... Like, yeah. it's just the one line at the end that's really prominent, and it ends on that one weird line with the weird It does. Echo. It does so end on strange. that scene. I, f- I forgot it came at the very end of that scene, mm. but you're absolutely right. Um, anyway, uh, the goon. Uh, I, I don't know his name. The goon. The head the goon, goon. The one with the bad hairdo. He <laughs> yeah. goes to visit Billy Zane, and uh, Billy Zane has maybe the best line in the whole movie. Um, where the goon is like, he throws the letter that he intercepted from Michelle Rodriguez's like page or whatever, and some other shit. Like he throws a head on his table and the the letter. And then Billy Zane just kind of like snickers and said, would you stop throwing things at me? (laughs) It's like, I'm 100% positive that was improvised. Yeah, no doubt. (laughs) He just looks at his lap and he's like, would you stop throwing things at me? (laughs) It's pretty, I love Billy Zane. An entire acting method built around eyebrows and shitty wigs. I yep. love that man. I really do love <laughs> Billy Zane. He, he brings sm- a smile to my face every time I see him. Yeah. Um, anyway, he tries to offer the goon a job. He declines, and he wants a map to Brimstone, which he receives off screen mm-hmm. because we only had Billy Zane for five minutes that day Not or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, we go to visit uh, Michael Pare. Uh, a.k.a. Uwe Boll's best buddy, uh, as far as actors go, in American cinema. And uh, he has a secret basement full of goodies and weapons and shit. And uh, I think we get a, a shot of, uh, I was calling these Harry Potter vampires, because I have no connection or attachment to the Harry Potter franchise. I, I've, I've never read a book or seen a movie, but I do know that the iconography of the people rolling up in boats to the Academy or whatever. Yeah. It just looks like that, but it's a bunch of shitty vampires with like lamps hanging off of their rowboats. Yeah, and it's like it's like oh shit, a bunch of wizard vampires. Better look out! <laughs> <laughs> and that's like oh shit, Billy Zane gave up that map to the Brimstone. Yeah, and uh, Michael Pare gives our heroes black powder from China and holy water, as well as some new dumb swords for blood rain. And mm-hmm. as Jordan had pointed out, this is vexing because those. Those swords, the one that was broken, actually holds emotional significance to the character if you give a shit. Yeah. So the idea of her discarding those and replacing them mm-hmm. is is really disrespectful <laughs> to, is, yeah. to the narrative of that character if you take two seconds to think about it. But no, she's just like, I'm going to get some of that new new and move on. <laughs> no, say in most video games... If there is anything that's got significant value to a character, mm-hmm. and then I find something that's got like a plus five on it, I'm chucking that shit. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, fair play. Yeah. This one's got five. This has been in my so, family so. for generations. <laughs> What's that? It's yeah, it's shit though, isn't it? <laughs> like, <laughs> the sword I'm using now is better. Yeah. So, 
It's kind of fun. Whenever I play uh, those, jog on. Whenever I play like from software games, I always end up like keeping everything. Especially since yeah. those older games didn't really have a sell or a buy system. Like, they didn't have, like, a, a marketplace system, like a mm. currency exchange system. Mm-hmm. So I'd end up just, like, hoarding all my shit. And, like, I would never use any of it, but I'd just, like, keep it just, just because. <laughs> uh, yeah, it speaks to my personality, like, says the guy with the <laughs> giant fucking movie collection behind him. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but, um, Michael Madsen has a terrible line here where the, he's given a bunch of these goodies and, again, just he's he's just... He's just delivering the lines. He's not putting any personal stamp on it. He just like looks off into the middle distance and says, "We will take them." That's <laughs> cut. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, and uh, we get an injured boatman who uh, we're doing this shit again, where we had some cool shit happen a few minutes ago, but instead we're going to show it out of order because I don't know. Maybe he's seen a Quentin Tarantino movie or something, and he thinks that classes up the production or something, yeah. but. I did notice that this injured boatman is played by one of, uh, like, the chief producers that he's worked with uh, during his career in American cinema. Okay. Um, he's not a good actor, uh, but I recognize him because of his, oh, his choppers, <laughs> no, his 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 uh, his teeth. Yeah. He has he has immaculate teeth that look like they're, uh, I don't know, veneers or something. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we flash back to the attack on Brimstone. Everybody got killed. It's not as cool as the monastery. In fact, it takes like. 10 seconds of screen time and uh he he reveals that michelle rodriguez is a traitor duh then he dies yeah we make camp blood rain awakes to voices in the night and she she ditches the heroes because she wants to go find the heart that we were talking about earlier Mm -hmm. and she can apparently hear it which has been an annoyance sprinkled throughout the entirety of the film where just like i don't know children whisper noises uh appear on the soundtrack from time to time and it's only now that it's explained what that's supposed to be. Up until now, it was just a thing that would happen from time to time and just be like, cut the chit-chat. What the fuck is... <laughs> what is happening right now? It's like, are you having a fucking seizure or delusion or something? <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, she uh, trades trinkets. Mm-hmm. Once again, doing what Jordan had pointed out, uh, betraying her emotional attachment to the amazing Amanda character by handing off the cross that she gave her uh, to the Sebastian character in exchange for his brimstone pendant or whatever. Yeah. At this point, amazing Amanda seems to me to have just been all right, Amanda. Mediocre <laughs> <laughs> Amanda. Yeah. I mean, what I was trying, what the reason I keep, like the reason I put repetition on that is I saw nothing amazing about no, that woman. No. <laughs> like, Like her carnival trick consisted of wielding unwieldy like metal instruments and chopping candles yeah. it's like i'm sorry i paid Amazingly good money for mediocre this show miranda <laughs> <laughs> no not impressive in the least uh, she steals their boat by the way i didn't appreciate that <laughs> she she steals their boat and they arrive she arrives at brimstone and she finds the kid that she mm-hmm. gnashed her teeth at he's dead she's upset mildly uh goon squad is on their way out and she heads into a cave where there's a pool of water where Michelle Rodriguez is like sending people with shitty lung capacity down to dive for the heart, mm-hmm. which is apparently buried in this pool of water. Um, they all suck too much, so they can't Jordan's get it. So she has to do it herself. But Jordan, Jordan has something to contribute or ask, I'm mm-hmm. guessing. <laughs> Question. So you'd need the eye if you were a vampire before you can get the heart. Do you have to get them in a specific order? Because it's water. Yeah, you'd have to get the eye. Or you first, could be, 
Or you, yeah, if you're a vampire, yes, you would need the heart because it would cure your, it would water cure sickness. your water sickness <laughs> or weakness or whatever you want to call Allergy. it. So, so you'd need to get that, you need, regardless, you'd need to get that first, the yes. eye, yeah? Yeah, I think so. Right, okay. Just yes. double checking. So yes. no other vampire would have gone to get that. Because no one else can hear them but her. So it would have been completely safe in that water if she'd just not been in the movie. Yeah. Yes. So it's like Raiders of the Lost Ark because no one would have got anything else if she'd not been there. If Indy hadn't caused it. So she is a completely redundant character. Yeah. Yeah. She has caused all of this bad shit shit to happen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is why vampires have thwalls. So they can go go, but only so they she can go swimming. Can, only she can hear the fucking heart. The other guy can't. Ben no. Kingsley can't. So what's no. the point? Just leave them there. Mm-hmm. Beats me, man. Like I, I guess you have to be uh, lucky and be related to Michelle Rodriguez and just know that the heart's there. Like, <laughs> Actually, like, say that Michelle Rodriguez does say a line here where she's like, "Are you questioning me? My grandfather placed it there." <laughs> I would, yeah. I would not trust my granddad putting anything anywhere, especially not the bottom of a lake <laughs> in but, a cave. But <laughs> why did she not got there. this at an earlier point? Yeah. If she knew it was there, see, Jordan, how dare you inject logic into this discussion? <laughs> Don't make me move on. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing it. We're moving on because there is a chick fight underwater yes uh, yes or a is. girl fight rather if we're if we're referencing michelle rodriguez's filmography mm-hmm. hey uh, <laughs> yes nice. we have a girl fight underwater it's incredibly lame um but the end of it is startling mm. where like they're both struggling to come out of the water they have retrieved the heart it's in like a little container uh, buried in the sand um, they're both like trying to like jump out of the pool of water and blood rain just like steven seagal's her from behind yeah just like whips that neck around and then immediately just starts biting into her throat and drinking her blood it's like damn like that was savage the bite is like she looks more like she's just sort of like piddling on her neck a bit though yeah there's no like real purchase of the bite yeah yeah we don't get a good puncture Mm. or any like flesh ripping or anything it's more it's more about the the shot after where she's burying her fangs and there's like a bloody mess there's no like gore though yeah. she doesn't take a chunk out of her or anything um but just the next snap i was like oh yeah, dang was <laughs> like, like she didn't even think about yeah. that like, it was it was quick uh writing montage number five by the way oh my god uh and uh michael madsen and company witness blood rain run up she like just rides up on horseback mm-hmm. to kagan's house aka the most powerful vampire aka the bad guy aka her father i guess she just shows up at the front door. And I got Harrison's throwing I got a question out. I don't know I'm why surprised. I wanted to do that as well. Uh, there is a great <laughs> okay. piece of scenery here. The rest of the riding montage is kind of meh. But then riding up that yeah. thing with all the clouds, like billowing under the mountains and cliffs. I was really impressed by that bit. And then it's back to real shitness. Yes, Jordan? Why does she ride up to the castle? I don't know. Uh, Does that get explained? Because I was waiting for her to explain why she was handing the bad things over to the bad guy. That's a good point. And yeah. I don't. Why does she? I do don't that? remember that getting explained. It was mentioned that like having one of those artifacts would would like I don't know supply an, enough an audience. 
Yeah, it would grant an audience with him. But he already wanted to there but anyway. beyond that... But yeah, it's yeah, like he easily could have snuck in and just tried to lop his head off or something. She said that if she had two of them, she might be able to, like, confront him and fight him. But why would she not use the thing? Because she gives him the thing in the box. Well, That's because like the getting... things don't do anything, Jordan. <laughs> but she used the eye thing. The eye thing is her thing now. Because... <laughs> what because does it do the... though jordan all it does is is makes it so you're no longer allergic to water and oh you you get a, assaulted by auditory hallucinations <laughs> <laughs> like that's literally the... all it does what were the three things so the heart's meant to stop you getting hurt by the sun, sun right yes. or something or one of the two the eye so... stops water and then the, the rib is for crosses okay so the only she benefit has she has two. is that oh, she I fought see. him outside in the sea in the daytime, so she'd her, have a her her own ribs, her own ribs supply the allergy relief for crosses. So, Jordan, goddamn it! <laughs> why, why is she handing <laughs> him? Why is she handing him? Why did she like? I don't understand. If like I was waiting for her to break break out some plan, like the reason I have come here mm. is to do this thing, but she just gets fucking thrown in a cell and then strapped to a table. Well, maybe it's supposed to be that his security is so tight. And we did, like, to be fair, Ben Kingsley could not be bothered to be on set for more than a day. So we never <laughs> see him in a different venue aside from in flashbacks. So maybe he, like, lives and, and shits on that throne. Yeah. So he just never leaves. And his security is so tight that the only way in is through the front door. Maybe. Would it that- be nice if she'd said that? Would have been nice. It would have been nice, but but no, we didn't get that. Moving on, (laughs) (laughs) Rain is very uh, promptly imprisoned. Mm -hmm. Um, They do not murder her on the spot, which they probably could have done. Just like done, (laughs) like just carve her eye out, (laughs) leave the corpse on the front lawn. Um, (laughs) And we see that Ben Kingsley has the rib and the heart now, which he obtained from her at the front gate. And uh, he instructs his goon squad to clear the room because uh, hiring extras, like more extras than we need for the day, costs money. So if we're going to have this final battle sequence, we need to make sure we have stunt personnel and no one else in the room. We can't have a crowd scene is what we're trying to prevent here. But Harrison has a question now. When did the rib come into it? How did he get the rib? I think he just had it. (laughs) (laughs) I think he just had it okay. because his, he's rooms. never shown to obtain it. No. He just kind of has it. I, I did want to ask that question, but it was one of those things like, I want to know how he got the rib, but I'm too afraid to ask because I've already asked a lot of questions. See, this is why I love being the host. Mm. Is that I, I, have to, I have to take the notes and move us forward, yeah. constantly move us on, and then I have to also be the adult in the room who has to try his damnedest to answer all these insipid <laughs> fucking questions. <laughs> You thought we were going to roll past uh, that, didn't yeah, you, Trevor? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, like I'm going to throw another reference out there that neither of you are going to get. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie uh, Blast from the Past, starring Brendan Fraser. Either okay, of you seen no, it? No, I don't even think I've seen that. It's I'm an American for you comedy. you to do a really niche film that I have seen. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one is slightly niche. It's also from like the late 90s. So I, I don't know. Maybe it never was on your radar. I quite enjoy it. Anyway, there's a line that I use with my girlfriend who also has not seen movies. Um, 
And she's also got a, a keen eye for logic and detail when it comes to narratives and stuff. Like she would, she would be asking all the same questions you have been, Jordan. Um, okay. But anyway, there's a line from that movie wherein a young boy who is raised in a bomb shelter through like the 1950s or 60s through the 90s, so he has no contact with culture or civilization. Everything he knows about the world is taught to him by his parents who live in that fallout shelter with him. There's a scene where his father is trying to explain to him the game of baseball without visual aid. And the kid just keeps asking questions and the dad's just getting so fucking frustrated because baseball is very complicated, even with visual Mm -hmm. aids. And it just comes down to him answering a question by just throwing his hands up and saying, because he must. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like why why does he why does he want to hit the ball and why does he run to the the you call it a base and like why can't he go outside the line and he's just like because he must has to be done <laughs> and, and and that that's the answer i have for most of these it's like why does he have the rib because he does <laughs> it's, like, it's like why does she go to the front gate because she has to <laughs> you sound like a certain director yeah. hmm <laughs> Me and old Uvable would probably get along. <laughs> it's like, don't get hung up on the details. It is a movie. It is ninety minutes long, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, it is he does have technically a movie. It is technically a movie. Um, anyway, Ben Kingsley does indeed have the room, and as I said, he clears the room. And uh, my God, uh, this attempt at a rescue is is utterly laughable. Yes. Uh, so Michael Madsen and Sebastian. Uh, they blow the front gate with their Chinese black powder bomb, which is a nifty pyrotechnic, mm-hmm. which results in them being captured instantaneously. <laughs> <laughs> like, like they draw their swords and they go clang, clang, and then they're captured. <laughs> it's like, yeah, wow, that was some rescue, mm-hmm. guys. Suck. Um, anyway, Darren Shalabi comes to retrieve Rain. By the way, there's a lot of a lot of dialogue exchanged between all three of our heroes in the prison mm-hmm. They even do the thing where they all stand at the same time and, and do, like, the I'm Spartacus. Yeah. Or it's it's basically, like, heroes in solidarity, I guess. And, like, the, the orchestra's kind of going nuts. Like, it, it's trying to be a heroic moment. <laughs> it's like, no, not in Blood Rain. Fuck off with that shit. <laughs> I, I do uh, like the exposition that they give. Where he's like, we'll come to get you for the ritual. And she goes, what ritual? He's like, the eye. The ritual to remove the eye. And it's like, all right, cheers. All cut up. Thank you. (laughs) Now, see, Jordan, Jordan, better movie, the line delivery should have been that. Mm. It's it's the the fucking eye. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean, what ceremony? Well, you fucking dumb. Are you serious? (laughs) 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 And then she Uh, asks her friends. mm. What's, what's the ceremony? And he's like, well, he's just fucking explained it, but you're probably going to die. She also like, lies. Uh, she also lies to them saying that she didn't kill Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah, we'll, we'll come back to that at the very end of the movie. Okay. Because, yes, yeah, she does that. She she doesn't, like, <laughs> go into details about it. They're like, what happened to Michelle Rodriguez? She's like, duh. Probably she's died be, a hero. She's, yeah. Uh. <laughs> she died a hero. It's like, yeah, she's not going to be uh, coming down for breakfast. Mm. Uh, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> but uh, long story short, they take her out to the ceremony, which is in the throne room where Ben Kingsley's been the entire movie. Oh. Uh, 
they're trying Darren Shalavi is trying his best to not hurt her like as a stunt person he's like she's like thrashing around he's like lady I got a I got a blade like I know you're acting yeah. you're doing some of that acting shit but like cool your jets yeah, <laughs> and he's sharp. like hovering this yeah it, it's fucking sharp Uvable is not fucking around <laughs> I couldn't afford drop swords <laughs> it's like unlike all those other swords out there this one is not ground down yeah. to just like a, a stumpy like nothing <laughs> but, like this is actually a scalpel but he's trying to pluck her eyeball out and our heroes Michael Madsen and Sebastian uh, they trick a guard by drop kicking him <laughs> very, very effective and yeah. subtle do you, have, do you uh, have the exact wording that he uses for that it's like my cellmate is gone I don't know what happened to him so bad. how is that not suspicious as fuck now see Jordan you need to smoke like three packs of cigarettes before you yeah. say that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it is Michael Madsen he's like oh. guard uh, my friend's gone I don't know where he's gone to uh. <laughs> he does have a great voice that's exactly what happens <laughs> he, he does have a great voice, but he has a he has a odd delivery throughout like his entire film. It's like three words it, he has every sli- time. It's like I don't know what to do. Yeah, he has a staccato <laughs> kind of rhythm, but he also has a he has a. I want to, I want to categorize it as like almost like a disingenuous line delivery, mm. where he he sounds like he's a little bit confused by all the things he's yeah. saying all the time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's oddly endearing. Mm. But yeah, he's like, hey, guard, my friend's gone. He's coming here. <laughs> he's like, uh, yeah, I trust you, guarded. Michael Madsen. <laughs> well, wait, I'll let I, you put your sword down. Come here. It's, it's a small cell. What does he mean? He's like, I don't know where he's got <laughs> to. The guys at the bar, like, like. It's, not fucking, yeah, it's not like it's a maze. Clearly, the guard should be like, what do you mean you don't know what happened to him? Did you fucking blink and he just vanished? One of those two feet stuck out from underneath the bed. I don't know. Some big rats. <laughs> I is mean, that, if he's dead, is he laying ketchup? <laughs> like, oh, Metal yeah. Solid. Nice. Yeah. Okay. I was about to say, if Solid Snake can escape from a torture room by breaking a, a bottle of ketchup under his stomach yeah. and laying down, yeah, he, he can. They can break out by having someone hang up in the ceiling and drop kick a dude that stupidly Ugh. opens the gate for them. Uh, but yeah, they kick the guard and they go out to try to help. And uh, Darren Chalavi is slapped in the fucking face by Ben Kingsley. <laughs> it's like, I hope he got paid because that looked like a pretty juicy slap. Mm. <laughs> ben Kingsley's <laughs> like, I'm going to inject no passion into my performance, except this guy <laughs> is going to get fucking slapped. <laughs> but uh, our heroes crash the party. And we have yet another action sequence that is sadly not as good. Uh, as the one at the monastery mm-hmm. that that's the centerpiece of the movie yes. like that there's a lot of good to be found in that sequence here it's okay like we get a, a, a dude getting his arm sliced off we get some throat slices mm-hmm. uh Kristana loken does a kip up i'm all, i always pop for kip ups yeah. like i'm always happy to see that that is a maneuver that will will make me pop she does the matrix but, head kick uh, also like kicking over a top yeah. to kick someone else in the head like a fucking scorpion yeah she does the the trinity yeah. kick uh, is what I'd like to call it. That, was, that like, was kind cool. of one of her trademark moves. Yeah. yeah. And as as Harrison had pointed out, this did come out in the wake of the Matrix mm-hmm. trilogy. So it's only it's only natural that there would be some you know, similarities in aesthetics and, and choreography and stuff. Um, but this is also where Michael Madsen is stabbed by uh, Ben Kingsley. Yes. This is not a stabbing. This is a holding a metal instrument in front of you and slowly walking forward. Walking forward. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, the classic Mac- Michael Madsen is run through and he c- 
completely no walked selfless. Through. Yeah, yeah, walked, yeah, yeah walked, walked through. He has walked through. And he, and his facial expression, he, he just like stares directly at him and doesn't move. And the weird thing is, he makes a death noise. I've got mullet man dies making noise, but his mouth <laughs> isn't moving. And then the people who eat him, <laughs> eat him but make no sound. Yeah. Because they're like chomping on him while he's being held, right? Yeah. And he's not, he's not really fighting. He like wiggles a bit. And then his, his arms getting munched mm. and then he gets walked through. Yep. And then he's dead. Yeah, and, that's and it. then he he does he does no he does stuff later. So that means that those vampires that were nibbling on him got tired of it and oh, just yeah. like left him there. Because like, I already I already had a big thrall for lunch. Yeah. So <laughs> no, it's weird because they're like like nibbling on him and he's like got a chest wound and stuff and they're just like I, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, like, are you gonna you're gonna die on your own, right? Okay. Cool. Like, <laughs> yeah, they just dump him on the floor. And uh, our uh, our dudes, uh, like just our our two guys who have lots of screen time, who I don't care about, that would be Sebastian and the guy with the bad hair. Uh, they kill each other. And it's actually kind of savage, because mm. like like Sebastian gets run through, like like he does like a backstab and like hits him through the abdomen, and then he's standing over the dude with the bad hair and he puts his sword up against his throat. Yeah, and it's like a pretty tasty throat slash. Yeah, like it's it's gory. And he's screaming the whole time. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty savage. Yeah. I kind of liked it, but um, and then we get the final showdown Ooh. between Ben Kingsley, Oscar winner Ben Kingsley, Oscar winner, <laughs> Oscar winner Ben Kingsley, <laughs> and Term- Terminator Three alum Kristana Loken, um, and uh, yeah, they have a sword fight, and uh, Ben Kingsley gets some choice words in here. He refers to her as an ungrateful bitch. Yes, <laughs> it's like ooh. That's spicy. Cutting. Um yeah, and uh he gets her down on the floor and uh he's like trying to stab her with an arrow and uh, it it flashes back to when her mom was killed and like the imagery mirrors like the fate of her mother so it's like we're trying to do some artistic shit. Yeah, here they tried. At the very last minute. Mm-hmm. They tried. tried. They did have an idea mm-hmm. here and and it's you know I got I have to applaud the effort. The movie had one idea and after, like in an the attempt 99th minute. <laughs> <laughs> and uh they they th- like our our heroes. Uh, so best both Sebastian and Michael Madsen are also trying to help out. They throw a bottle of holy water at him, which he catches. Yeah, and and then they shoot an arrow at it, which causes it to burst, which burns him. And then uh, Blood Rain stabs him in the heart with the same arrow he's trying to stab her with. And uh, I have questions from everybody <laughs> in the peanut gallery. Jordan, What's up? You. Are we going to ask the same question, Harrison? Is Blood Rain not allergic to holy water? I don't think so. Oh, I wasn't. Is it the same as normal water? I guess it is. I guess it. Was it just normal water? Because vampires are just allergic to water in this. Yeah, I mean, there are. Is all water holy water? I guess. If it's blessed, if it gets the the hand gesture and the blessing and stuff. Okay, so let's let's say Um, that yes then. But my <laughs> and they do they do mention that like part of the vampire lore in the movie is that um, this is like a this is not an across the board vampire thing, but uh, most vampires cannot cross bodies Can't of water, cross running water, which is which is a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Running water that is a thing with vampires in this universe. I guess it is too. Okay. The thing that I noticed was that the arrow was facing Blood Rain, about to stab her, and then. Yep. It's facing the other way, and she just stabs him. Yeah, yeah, 
It uh, like we do not see any hand jive done. There's no ri- there's no wrist control. I'm glad that checks out. <laughs> that is a running theme with this movie, mm-hmm. Harrison. Quality control. That you think you're missing something, but you're actually not. Yeah. It, you watch a movie and it makes you feel dumb, like you've missed something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, is it, you think they had a continuity person on staff? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Probably not. What? I don't think what the filming continuity? lasted long enough no. for them to need a continuity person. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that's the case, actually. There's there's actually an incredible chapter of that documentary of Fuck You All, yeah. um, where it's, I, w- I couldn't help but like applaud the man a little bit, just because I'm sure the end product was total fucking garbage. But there was a stretch in 2011 where he was shooting three movies simultaneously whoa wow um yeah it shows yeah (laughs) yeah no it it, it was just just to take that task on it's like even if you do that badly that's still quite an undertaking and it was actually kind of incredible because he was doing some roger corman shit where he was using literally the same camera setups and sets and costumes and and even actors to shoot two different movies like in two different sessions so he'd shoot the same sequence for two different movies but he just swapped the actors out no way i'm sure the movies are total fucking garbage but just i i can't help but applaud the man from a from an accounting standpoint that is like next level economic (laughs) i would very much like you to watch all three of those movies and try and see yeah you can pick out what bits are from yeah uh I mean, I got I got to start getting paid to do this shit if I'm going to yeah. do that. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Ben Kingsley's dead. Yep. Uh, he shrivels up into a, a moldy vampire like we saw at the very beginning of the movie. Pretty much the same effect. And uh, we have a tearful farewell between uh, Blood Rain and Sebastian. Yeah, why are they in love now? I was so baffled by that. Because they fucked. They in, in an American cinema... In, in American cinema, that translates to we are now soulmates. Okay. <laughs> she gave him a necklace, yeah. and he gave her a necklace, and um, they had sex in a really awful place. Yeah, they both got infections together. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and we're not talking about vampirism. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, this is where I wanted to come back to uh, what y'all had said about um, Michelle Rodriguez's fate and how she kind of sweeps that under the rug yeah. <laughs> um, when talking to her friends. Uh, so she gets up from Sebastian and we have like a fucking Shakespearean tragedy ending where everybody's dead in the throne room. Yeah. The orchestra is swelling and going apeshit. Mm-hmm. And she slowly walks up to Ben Kingsley's throne and she sits down and the cam- she looks directly into the camera. Yeah. And we have this. I've never seen this in a movie before. This is, this is a first. Like the cameras, she's staring directly into the camera and then what follows is roughly five minutes of just gore money shots like like gore effects from from the movie that we just watched mm-hmm. and the music is going apeshit and it's just like literally just like a montage of all the the money shots of people being depacketed and whatnot see that. i didn't see that version no neither did i oh I maybe think... that's maybe that's from the director's cut it must or something be. maybe there's a director's cut of this movie you're fucking there is a me. director's cut <laughs> That features additional gore. So maybe this is how they... I haven't seen the DVD, but maybe this is how it was advertised, where it says director's cut, and like literally all it is is like we took unused footage of the gore effects and slapped it into the end the of end the of movie. The wow. <laughs> but everything you mentioned... So if you watch the director's cut, I watched the one that's on Amazon Prime. 
So everything you said, I remember. So I don't think <laughs> is that literally that all the they've difference. added. I mean, there there are plenty of instances of of alternative cuts like that where it's literally just additional violence. Like Die Hard Four, Live Free or Die Hard, has an R-rated cut mm-hmm. that all it is is they ADR'd some f bombs, some f words, and uh, added some digital blood squibs. That's that's, that's it. it. And I think I think Bruce Willis hits Maggie Q in the face a few more times. <laughs> how, right, Jordan, how did wow. you get this to work on Amazon Prime? Because it wouldn't work for me. Yeah, it was it was disabled in in my region. Yeah, I tried VPNing um, all over the world and I could not get that to work. I I opened Amazon Prime on my phone. Uh-huh. Um, I typed in Blood Rain. I saw it and I pressed play and it was fine. <laughs> that was it. It would not work. I had to watch it on like one, two, three movies, like the streaming thing, in like three sixty p, and it was great. (laughs) (laughs) It was totally great. Legitness. No, in in my region, it's not available on Amazon Prime. I had to watch this via Tubi. Oh, nice. Which is a like a free movie service with ads Mm. uh, that just has like. A library of Redbox movies, basically. It's, I, it's, it's just Steven Seagal movies and blood. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was uh, no, it was it. It worked, and I, I can't say I'm happier for it. I'll be honest. Kind of wish but it didn't work. <laughs> it worked. Well, yeah, I, no, was... I appreciate you taking the time anyway, yeah. though. But <laughs> but you. yeah, in my version of the movie, she sits down, and then we get a five-minute stretch of just gore effects Damn. that we'd already seen earlier in the film. Um, and then we uh, we have the sequence where it's like a dream or something, and she's in the prison cell in her, her old shitty clothes again, and Sebastian walks in with a goblet of blood that she drinks in front of him. And then we cut back to her on the throne, and she smiles into the camera. I didn't and see I th- that. Okay, no, so that must be I. a director's yeah. cut thing. Then. <laughs> the director's cut is the last six minutes yeah. of the yeah. movie. Yeah, and, and then when she smiles into the camera, I think it's meant to like imply that she's like bad now. So like, is she like a bad vampire Maybe. lady now? But I. <laughs> But I don't think that's supposed to be the narrative for the character because there are two sequels. I was going to say, there's anyone to find out? We've got to watch the two sequels. You are kidding me. Oh, uh, I'm not fuck. doing that shit alone. No. I'm not doing that shit alone. I will alone. say, I, I haven't obviously didn't watch the other two, but the third one is about Nazis. It's called The Third Reich. I know that. Yeah, and as far as I know, of course it is. Um, I think the, uh, I know, there's there's a there's a whole market for that. Mm-hmm. Like, like, just like occult Nazi killing. Yeah like video games and movies like thank you wolfenstein which i'm kind of surprised that overlord movie didn't end up just being a wolfenstein movie same i'm kind of disappointed Mm -hmm. in fact that movie had a lot of promise and did not deliver on any of it it was also in the cloverfield universe for no reason whatsoever i know that that was bizarre but um yeah i i want to say blood rain has always been like attached to Nazis and stuff. Like I, I could be oh, wrong, okay. but I think the first game had the Nazis as the antagonists at yeah, some think, point oh, in the video she's game like an series. Operative that, right or something. Yeah, she's like, yeah. yeah. Oh, I so I that. think that was like, that was actually kind of a surprise maybe that they didn't start with that. But um, the third uh, blood rain movie is actually the one that was part of that th- three movie simultaneous shooting schedule. So uh, 
the director said he he thought it turned out okay. Um, he had nothing to say about the second one, but the third one he actually was happy with. Right. Okay. Uh, so, so maybe Blood it's Rain. better than this one. Who knows? But yeah, our movie ends with her deviously smiling into the camera, and then we get a a crane shot, maybe question mark. Uh, of her riding off on a horse maybe it's her or maybe it's a lady in a red wig that kind of looks like her riding off on a horse and the camera just kind of like trails off into the sky credits right okay so yeah the one i watched (laughs) ended with her just sitting down on the chair just like this and just looks into the camera black that's it wow it ends like dark souls 2 ending sits in a chair and wow deep deep cut (laughs) blood rain 2 and 3 the movie posters or the like the box art for them if you google blood rain movies like feel free to do it now first one looks like a low budget movie the second two full on look like porno posters they do yeah uh i believe the actress that headlines those last two was a former uh, adult video star um Ah, explains a lot. So you can kind of you can kind of see it because if you click on Blood Rain Deliverance, it's the description is sexy half vampire rain. Uh they just add sexy to the start instead of just saying half vampire. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean you can tell how they were trying to sell the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Four percent on Ron Tomatoes. I found a weird poster that I need you guys to to hear. Because this is for okay. the third one. So this is like, I yeah. guess, the alternate title. The Blood Reich, Blood Rain 3. And then <laughs> the the tagline is, Her ultimate adversary would be Hitler's Vampire Legions. If. If that but, was all I had. That's not a sentence. <laughs> that's like opening. If that was what? all I had to go off of. Yeah. I would, I would probably watch a movie with that. As the really? tagline. Her, yeah. Her ultimate if, adversary if I didn't would know be it Hitler's was related vampire to legions. You gotta do yeah, it. Yeah, I'd, I'd watch that. Do it. Yeah. When in doubt, uh, insert Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> Hitler's vampire legions? That sounds terrible, but also kind of fun. Mm. I mean, if if scouring the direct-to-video market has taught me anything, uh, it's that Nazis are the panic button. Uh, when it comes to <laughs> to selling DVDs to teenagers, yeah. it's yeah. like there's there's whole franchises of just that of just Nazi related like action movies. Uh, I don't know what it is, but people enjoy watching Nazis get depacketed. <laughs> I I I am with them in that situation. <laughs> well, we'll have to get you back for a uh, Blood Rain three. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jordan has left the call. <laughs> yeah, well, that, totally, my dude. <laughs> well, that being said, um, that was a very thorough discussion of Uva Bull's uh, Blood Rain. Um, but before we uh, wrap things up here, uh, Jordan, Harrison, uh, you want to let the folks at home know uh, where they can find you and all of your uh, stuff or whatever it is you guys do on online? Sure thing. You, can... you go first, Harrison. <laughs> okay. You can find me out back crying after all this. And uh, you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at HasWild. You can find the podcast at Grief Burrito. All the podcasts on griefburrito.com. Jordan, where can they find you? They can find me at the Mr. John Core on Twitter. Oh, yes. You can at me and tell me how much you love this movie yes, and please. how wrong I am about calling it shit. And check our replies from Michelle yeah. Rodriguez. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to that, by the yeah. way. <laughs> we shall I'll, get it done. Also, make sure to, to 
tag BBC every time you reference Jordan Online. Yes. I'm oh, sure he'll God, enjoy do that. Not. Always. Please do not. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure all the Grief Burrito fans will enjoy it. Um, but that being said, guys, uh, thanks thanks so much uh, for Thank joining you me for today. Having no worries, man. It's been yeah. a pleasure. No, I really enjoy chatting with both of you all the time. Uh, I really hope we can do it more often. Like, yes. Nine months or whatever is We've far too long. We've got two more movies to get through. Yeah. So... <laughs> Well, hopefully we can talk about something other than blood. Yes, and I want Kyle to be there for this one, and that means he has to watch the first one and the two sequels ready for when we do that. Oh, you're, you're not you're not getting that. <laughs> you are not getting that. I'm telling you right now, he's not going to do that. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, folks, if you'd like to catch up on any of our catching up on cinema content, uh, you can find all of that on our website at catchinguponcinema.com. Uh, you can also find us on the social medias on the Instagram at uh, Catching Up On Cinema, as well as the Twitter at Catching Cinema. So feel free to hit me up at either of those. Please do not tag me BBC. I would not appreciate that. <laughs> um, and the podcast is available on pretty much every uh, platform you can imagine, including Cephalopod. Yeah. Uh, so f- fucking Google it. That being said, thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Fucking sucked. <laughs>